Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly busting, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Getting ready to sell their soul For a chance to receive his farm Father, that you will instill upon our hearts 
a, a keen sense of that as we move forward in the days ahead, as each of us are exposed to our different trials, tribulations, difficulties, fire, you know, fire, uh, refiners, fire dynamics, and that we will continue just as a as a uh, as a component of that walk, as a component of that sanctification process, that that forward momentum that we hope that we will continuously have. We pray, Father, that you will that that this this state of mind will be a state of mind that is always growing, always becoming more and more in harmony and lockstep with your perfect will, taking more and more of our will away and putting more and more of your will that we can harmonize our feelings, our our concerns, you know, that they can just melt away into a total deep, deep trust that we ought to have in you at all times, but a lot of times we fall short as the intensity of our days is ever increasing. Uh, the intensity of some of the fiery trials that are to try us is ever increasing, but yet at the same time, Father, we, we've just, you know, we just pray that you will continue to anoint us, to touch us, to bring us to that place where we are forever constantly, constantly and in, in uh, again, for lack of a better term, harmony with your perfect will and trust and allow that trust to just overwhelm us so that each day we go through, as impossible as it may seem, that it just goes by and it, and we're just surprised and amazed at how awesome you are. And we just thank you for that, Father. We praise you for that to be a part of our walk. We thank you for helping us to grow ever closer to you in our trust. We need it more now today more than ever, ever in our lives, and you're ever-present. You are ever-present, and we can see that work, uh, doing a, just doing a marvelous change in so many of us. It's not easy, Father, but we just praise you for those, those again, those many miracles and those, those little steps, those walks where we see, we feel like what we're up against is impossible, that we're never going to be able to do it on our own, or maybe it's just going to end up, in, you know, and then you come through. And we praise you for that, Father, and we, we ask you, please, to continuously pour out your anointing upon our hearts for these days, especially now. Because we, while in the last 12 to 15 years, we have been utterly immersed in end times things on a level that I can't I can't I can't articulate it. It has been absolutely overwhelming. And there has been periods of time that have gone by, in some cases several months or whatever that you know, and it seemed like things were slowing down a lot. But then they picked back up. Now they're at an intensity that we have never seen before. It is certainly uh, well, beyond words. And we just pray in Jesus' name, Father, that you will keep our mind stayed on things above. Help us to be able to navigate the ambiguity of the days that we're in and not have any worry. Give it all to you, no matter what our problems are. Just understand how we can put them at the forefront of our prayer lives, believing and trusting that you are going to come through, praising you all throughout the day, because we know that the prayers will be answered. Maybe not as fast as we'd like to see them answered, but they will be answered. And to give you all that glory, Father God, in advance, because we know that you're going to come through for us as we pray. And I, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that every single listener of this program, whether they have heard this show before or they're brand new, whether they're listening to a podcast that's months old or whether they're listening live to, a, uh, to the live stream, that each one of us will just take a moment. 
and pray in unison with one another. In accordance with the promise of Matthew 18:19, where Jesus, you said to us, and we're going to hold this promise dear to our heart, dear to our heart. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And we, we receive that promise, Lord Jesus, and we pray together. Please, please, count us each worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon this earth and stand before you at that wedding supper, because that's all it's the only hope we have left. Then it's the only hope that we want to have left. We thank you for taking away everything else from us. And if we do have anything else in our lives that is distracting us, some of us do, some of us have family duties and things. Father, we just pray that you will anoint and bless those of us who do have children, those of us who do have family duties that pull very hard on us and work, that somehow, through your mercy, somehow through your power, that you will give us the strength to wake up extra early, to find time to lock that door, and to dwell in the secret place of the Most High until the day that we leave, until the day that we are standing before you. In Mount Zion, the city of the living God, before an innumerable company of angels and just men made perfect, a heavenly Jerusalem, in Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father God, forever and ever. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Well, well there's uh, one thing is for sure, and I, I don't think there's any surprise to anybody, especially today. Um, not a show is going to be going by, it looks like, from now until our departure, that's going to be absent of end times events. Uh, certainly appears that we have crossed the precipice. We've come to a place right now. I have many people, I get constant communications from folks that say things like, well, you know, I was at, I was hanging, I was at this place or that place and people were thinking this or saying that. And I, you know, and we're all learning, you know, that we've come to a point in our walk where, you know what, prayer is everything, folks. Prayer is everything. I don't think, I really, really don't think we understand how powerful prayer really is. And if we, and if I had known this, I wish I had known it 40 years ago. <laughs> okay? Um, you know, and the church, churchianity doesn't really teach it at all. You know, they don't. And um and it's so powerful. It's more powerful than anything. And and unless you study prophecies, dreams and visions of people that were taken to heaven and all that, you know, you can read, you know, um, your scripture, and and you see things like pray always. You see the parable, the uh, persistent widow. You know, there's a lot there about prayer. But um, anyway, long story short is I, I really do wish that 37, 40 years ago I knew what I know now about the importance of prayer. Oh, my goodness. Because really, we, you know, we have nothing to be sad about. You know, if you think you have a family member or a group of people that you hang out with or people that you're exposed to at your church or whatever the case is, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever groups of people that you may or may not be exposed to or whatever at work or whatnot, and and the moment that you start to feel a little bit bummed because you you you're, you can't think of a way to get through to them, they're all saying things that you know that they shouldn't ought to be saying – and you you feel stalemated. You're kind of like in a corner, and you just know that there is absolutely nothing positive that can come from you opening your mouth at all. Why would you be sad? You have the power of heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's everything. I mean, at your disposal, as uh, as Charles Spurgeon had, was quoted as saying, uh, you know, he who knows how to to uh, you know. Pray fervently before our Heavenly Father has heaven and earth at his disposal, and we do. It's just we have to learn. We have to learn it, and unfortunately, it's not something I, – I mean, I, I admit it. I mean, I you know received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was nine years old, and I was in all kinds of, you know, just – yeah, totally holy roller, prophesying, uh, miracle-filled, baptism of the Holy Spirit, out in the Spirit type church, uh, church upbringing, and they never told us how vitally important and powerful our prayers were. They never did. Um, and um, boy, I wish I would have known it. And it's it's a it's just a fantastic blessing for us to know it now. So keep try as hard as you can. I'm trying. I'm right there with you. Believe me. Th- th- there's nothing that I talk about on this program that I'm not going through myself. Okay. Believe me. Okay. I raise my hand. I'm first in line when it comes to be dorking up or making mistakes or whatever. Okay. Th- th- believe me. All right. But but 
I can speak from experience in letting, you know, in sharing with people that we need her. You know, our normal reaction as a human being, even though we are supposed to be dead and, you know, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, but we cannot shake the flesh. I'm not going to get into, you know, talking about Romans and Watchman Nee's book about living a Christian life, you know, through the eyes of, you know, through reading Romans and all that other stuff. I'm not going I could talk endlessly about Paul and all of his struggles, and, and everybody had struggles. I mean, you know, don't even get me going on Peter and his three times denial and all that. The thing about it is we're all subject to the flesh, and we can never escape it. But through the renewing of our mind, which, you know, some, a lot of people just think everything has got to be some kind of oh, supernatural. Gabriel, the angel, showed up and, you know, bright lights everywhere. And it's a miracle. My mind has been renewed. No, it's a battle is what it is. It's really, really hard. And for those who don't understand it, you know, there's a lot of people that think they understand things, but it's just because they haven't really been exposed. They don't really know what's coming. They're not really completely awake and aware. They see little bits and pieces, but they honestly believe with all of their heart because of the way that they've been taught that they're leaving, you know, before any anything bad happens. And what's really, I don't want to get into it. I don't even want to think about it. All I care about is that Every single listener of this show. Now, granted, I, you know, I, and I do pay, pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, past, present, and future listeners. Past, present, and future listeners. And I know that we have a wide variety of guests. I know that. And, um, and that wide variety of guests brings in a very diverse listenership. Some people like this person. Some people like that person. Some people love that person. And some people don't especially care much for that person. That is so normal. It's absolutely just, ab- you know. But we are fishers of men. Fishers don't bang gong and yell into mag, you know, into uh, megaphones to catch fish. They wisely bait their hooks and capture the imagination of the fish. So we, you know, we want to have diversity in this program. We want to talk about all kinds of different subjects and things because, because by doing so, we have we brought we cast our net for fish wider than we could otherwise. If all we did, if we were just the same program for the same, you know, and totally predictable, no diversity of guests, no diversity of topics, no, uh, you know, Bible mystery stuff, none of that. If we didn't have any of that, well, then guess what? We would only catch maybe sea trout, okay, or salmon. Or whatever. No, we want to catch as many fish as we possibly can. Now, of course, there are going to be fish that nothing doing. They're going to swim away right away. Okay, and that's fine, too. I mean, the scripture actually tells us that's exactly how these days are going to be. And so we, everybody should expect that. Okay, but what's, I think what's really a blessing for us, I said it an unlimited, I don't even know, I just say, I like to use the word gazillion, because it's, you know, it's just my way of saying it's innumerable. I love that term, too. An innumerable company of angels. 
Well, there's an innumerable times that I have said, um, you know, that that you know we're 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 never going to be able to, you know, there's it's it's the the I don't even know what I'm trying to get to. I'm just going to say it's been a long, hard week, folks. It's a miracle that I'm even able to keep on going. But you know what? Praise God, I got a little bit of rest this weekend. I went to bed extra early last night, believe it or not, and I still only got seven hours of sleep. I should have got like 12 as early as I went to bed, but no, no. So I don't know. I guess I still – we all got a lot of stuff on our mind, and we really got to be seeking the Lord to be citizens of heaven, to disconnect. Now, it's not that we don't keep watching. We do. We do keep watching. Okay, and some people – now, I'm the one who shoulders the the mega burden. Uh, we'll just call it a mega burden for lack of a better term. But the bigger burden in the sense that I have to do this program, and as part of doing this program, I have to stay in tune, lockstep with all of the and – I, and I don't want – I would rather not get on the show and miss something that's really big and significant in regard to the end time. Although I do realize that the possibility is always looming, um, and that's okay. But um, we are fantastically blessed. Okay, shouldering this burden, I use the term, you know, a thousand milligram red pill. Well, it comes, it's a blessing, it's a blessing and it is a burden. A ble- I'm not going to say the C word, you know, occurs, because it isn't occurs. It's a blessing, but it's a burden. It's a blessing. But it's a burden. Okay, so when we're looking at it in the flesh or we're our fleshiness pulls us to the fleshy response system that we're surrounded by our DNA, our mind, how it thinks, our upbringing, our, you know, everything around us, you know, what we're subject to, what people say to us, what we see, all this, you know, everything. That's our environment around us. But we're blessed. Yes, it's very, 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 very challenging. But we are powerfully blessed because with this burden comes with it understanding things that gazillions of our brothers and sisters, an innumerable company of our brothers and sisters out there do not know. Little by little, I see more and more of them starting to wake up, and I praise God for that. I think it's wonderful. Now, I I don't know where all this is going to ultimately lead. I it really depends on how things go. We don't know if there's going to be a 2024 election. We don't know if Donald Trump is going to get ele- get elected again. We don't know if um, you know, they're going to pull off orchestrating World War 3. We have all the reasons you could ever imagine for them to pull off World War III. We know that when Trudeau and these people that are deeply in bed, and um, I hate to say this, but I'm not going to say it, um, but are in bed, and that is a uh, a, me- a metaphor of a type. Um, I don't mean that in a icky way. Uh, with the World Economic Forum, and they are, Deeply in bed with them. Okay, this is Satan's board of directors. We have to understand when we understand that Satan, 
the Rhodes Roundtable, these entities, the, the Blue Bloods, as some people like to refer to them, and these um, Bilderberg types, um, these, you know, these entities, these groups, and, you know, and I could go into the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all that other stuff, but, you know, and the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, the Kennedys, the Onassis, the list just got the Lings, the Lees, uh, you know, I got the Ling wrong, it was the Lee family, there's a bunch of them, I don't have them all memorized, um, DuPonts, I mean, the list just goes on and on, but anyway, um, the what's important to realize is this hierarchy. They, they are. It's easy for me, at least for me, for maybe not for you, but for me, it's easy to say they are on the board of directors with Satan. Satan is sitting at the head of this really large. I like to imagine uh, Griswold in Chris in uh, Christmas Vacation, and he, and how he walks in to give the gift uh, to his boss. <laughs> And his boss is like at the end of this like board table that's got to be like, you know, it looks like it's about 30 yards long. But anyway, that's kind of like what I imagine. Satan sitting at the end of a very large board table and all of these entities, these evil ones, uh, many of which are Draco reptilians. They are. They are truly, truly Draco reptilians. Okay. Now, um, now I don't. Now I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, because I could, boy, I could go down a rabbit hole with the Draco thing and the reptilian thing. Boy, that that right there is like 15 shows back to back. And I, but anyway, but when you understand that pecking order, when you understand that these entities, the ones that are the most hidden, the ones that are part of the Rhodes Roundtable, the ones that are part of the royalty and the blue bloods, the ones that are part, you know, that. That that's some really dark stuff there, folks. And then, you know, and they're part of the global, the hidden, the hidden global satanic crime syndicate. And then they're front men like the Soroses, like the you will eat Z-Bugs, Klaus Schwab guy. These are just their front men. They're expendable. Anyway. The point is that, you know, when we understand what we do understand, and I'm not saying it's without limit because it is. It has plenty of limits to it. When we understand the things that we're privy to, we can do things that others can't do. When we can combine what we understand with the Holy Bible and the biblical timeline, we can do things that others can't do. Okay, so that gives us a super blessing. I don't even know what the words are, but it's a super duper 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 blessing. Okay, so uh, and you might be like, well, what do you mean? Well, okay, so um, oh man, the examples are so plentiful and overwhelming. But when you're able to look, we got the anchor of Obama being the Antichrist. What a blessing is that? The people that don't have that, they're just floating around in – I mean, they have nothing to anchor down their timing at all. They don't – I can tell you i got family members, and they're waiting to see the revealing of the Antichrist. I've told them, and they don't believe me, and they don't – they're like, no, I disagree with you. I don't see it. I don't no, – the Bible says this. The Bible says that, and he does not line up with any of the things that the Bible says. And that, and they're final about it. They're, that's final. Obama is, in their opinion, Obama is not and never shall be the Antichrist. Period. And that's fine. 
I'm not going to get into a discussion with him about it. I'm very, very surprised that my mother didn't say anything to my sisters about it. I'm astonished. I'm unbelievably astonished. But she didn't. She only told me. And um, I'm not really sure why. I don't know. It must have been... I don't know. Had some, it probably had something to do with the divine providence of our Heavenly Father, God. And I don't really – none of us will ever be able to figure out those things. All right? We just have to but, – but here's the thing. We have the lock on Obama being the Antichrist. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that blessing. Now, granted, he's – you know, this could still drag on. We could still have a 24, 2024 election. We could, Trump could still do his thing. You know, we could, you know, we have all of the uh, data, prophetic data, as well as biblical. I mean, we have so much information, folks, so much information, folks. So what we don't know is we just don't know how long all these things are going to drag out. Look at look. Just, let me just give you an example. Russia. They've been at it in the Ukraine now since February of last year of last year, okay? So that's a, a really superlative example of how time flies. You know, we've been talking about behold a red horse. They're the red army. I mean, it, it all lines up incredibly perfectly. I mean, you even look at the coat of arms for Russia, and they've got this you know, a uh, saint on it with a sphere going into a reptilian creature off the horse. It's on their coat of, of Russia's coat of arms. Okay, so it, it's so obvious to us, but it's not obvious to our fellow brothers and sisters across the world. It's not. And so what happens is they're, they're wherever they are, and it's okay. It's okay. So what we have to do, at least what I have to do, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. That's fine. But for me, it helps me immensely. It really does. And I find myself having to, re, um, to remind people that are very close to me constantly, we are citizens of heaven. We are not from here. And we aren't a part of the things that are going on in this world. The millisecond, the nanosecond, the fraction of a nanosecond that you start to feel any frustration associated with where you are in your walk, associated with, well, I wasn't able to get through to those people, and I felt so led. I was just pulled to tell them, to, to help them understand when you have that inkling of frustration in your heart. You are in the flesh. You're in the flesh. Now, here's the thing. You it's okay though. It's all right because that's where you look when it when the scripture says, you know, we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. There when when you have that empathy, that godly empathy for somebody who's weeping in a way that's kind of a little bit, you know, like it's like um like I had somebody going, you know, man, I am so bummed out about Tom Horn and just went off about Tom Horn passing away. And I said, why aren't you thrilled for him? You should be like 
singing praises to Jesus and jumping around for joy for Tom. I wish I was with Tom Horn right now. Now, did do I pray for his family to have peace? Do I pray for them to be consoled? Do I pray? Absolutely I do. There's nothing worse than losing a family member. I know firsthand I've lost a boatload of them. I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. I, they all died. I've lost so many people over just this last couple of years, uh, family members over the whole COVID things. And I realized, wow, I'm starting to get angry about it because these people are murdering my family and my close friends. And then I had realized, whoa, John, back off. You are in the flesh. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are to keep our mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. We are a royal priesthood. These things are now. They are now. So, yes, when you feel that twinge, that pull, that just remember, please pull yourself immediately back into that citizenship in heaven. Pull yourself into where you really are. That which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Become that royal priesthood. Become that holy nation, his own special people that were called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Be that. Be it. Because when you... When you allow yourself to become immersed in the reality associated with who you are in Jesus, even now as all these things around you, I mean, folks, it is this stuff is by its design and by Satan's greatest wish is to pull us into the flesh. Do not get discouraged. Remember who you are. And, oh, please, please remember that your prayers are, what, a thousand times more powerful than anything that can come out of your mouth? Am I off? I don't know what the, what the calculus is behind it. I don't know how much, but you know what? You know, when I look at, um, uh, I believe it's Ephesians 3.20 where it says, uh, and now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, now, that's Jesus. Now, when you put words like exceedingly and abundantly together, that pretty much means that the interpreters were lost. They, they couldn't figure out words that would work. Because you don't put exceedingly abundantly together. You just don't. It's just bad English. Okay, so exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That's a lot. But then it says, according to the power that works in us, the power. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1.7. Praise God. Power. Thank you, Jesus. And of love. And through that love, through being a citizen of heaven, that's where the power is manifested. So that's that's how I believe. Now, I'm not... You know, I'm not telling you what to do. I am just sharing with you my walk and what I struggle with. And I have to constantly remind myself, you need to trust the Lord. Stop worrying. Stop it. Knock it off. 
Praise God. All right, so I'm going to get into the headlines. Um, we're bringing on Reverend Tracy Shellman tonight. Praise God. She's going to be doing part two of uh, this highly motivational. I mean, this is, and it, what a blessing. Praise God. So anyway, I don't want to uh, get too wrapped up because I could go off on the tangent that would be an everlasting gobstopper nowadays. But I did want to just please remind you, your prayers are so powerful, and we just got to yank ourselves out of the flesh. You know, yes, we are going to be empathetic. Yes, we are going to feel sad for people that are going through horrible things. Yes, we are going to be pulled to and fro, to and fro. I, I said to one brother tonight, I said, hey, listen, you know, one of the things that I do is if I'm looking over the news, I look over the news from this perspective, then I look over to this news. So I'm going to show you how I do that tonight as I go through tonight's news, how I mix it up. Because you've got to intermingle multiple perspectives to get a little bit of a balance because depending on who it is you're listening, talk, or whoever it is that's presenting whatever data is, data it is that they're presenting, it is going to have a slant. It is going to be filled up with their version and their lies. And every side lies. Anybody who knows anything about war, it's all lies. It, it's all lies. Okay, that's okay. I'm not going to get into that, but boy, I could go into Goebbels and all that other stuff. And no, I'm not going to do it because I don't have enough time and I want to get Reverend Tracy Shulman on the program. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, on that note, kids, kids, are you ready? Kids, wake up. Wow. Okay. I'm glad you're there. All right, kids. What types of songs do planets sing? Oh, I like this one already. Because I'm like, as you kids know, I'm really into the universe. <laughs> kids, what types of songs do planets sing? Tunes. <laughs> Neptunes. Pretty good, huh, kids? All right. I thought you'd like that one. All right, kids. What did the hipster ice cube say, dude? What did the hipster ice cube say? I was water before it was cool. <laughs> I was water before it was cool. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good, even if I do say so myself. You know what? I should have been, ro you know, over the years, I should have been rotating these. Oh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe we'll leave before then. I won't have to worry about it. Okay, kids. What did one, what one tectonic plate bumped into the other? One tectonic plate. What did it say when it bumped into the other? Huh? Sorry. It was my fault. <laughs> what do you think, kids? Come on. Oh, you like it? Yeah, I thought that one might be marginal, but, hey, we snuck it by. All right, praise God. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this, uh, this little uh, audio bite. It's really, really important. Hold on. Okay. Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I'm going to play this audio bite for you. It's really, really, really super duper important. Uh, and uh, it's, it's about four minutes long. But you know what, folks? This may be one of the most important four-minute 
dialogue, you know, you're going to hear. Now, if you've already heard it, praise Jesus, hallelujah. If you haven't, you're definitely going to want to hear this. All right, so here we go. This is Colonel Douglas McGregor on a, on a TV show. Warning. Quote, in Ukraine, Washington underestimated Russian resolve and military power. Washington should not repeat this mistake by underestimating the potential for a regional Muslim alliance that could threaten Israel's existence. The possibility that Israel could end up like Ukraine should not be discounted. Um, exactly. All right. Hold on a second. So let's welcome. Okay. You heard what that man just said, right? Now, remember one of the blessings that we have is we have the Holy Bible. Now, I'm not going to get into the if, ands, and buts on all the different diversities of people and their belief systems and the people that think their, their minds are clouded and they don't think clearly because they don't really know their Bible very well. And they believe that they're fighting against the new world order and all that kind of stuff. Fortunately for us, we don't have to worry about those things. But you know what? I was taking a second look at Luke 2120. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that desolation is near. Remember that that comes right after the fig tree parable. So the, so basically the fig tree parable says, hey, when you see the leaves on the fig tree, you know that summer's right around the corner. You know what the season is. So that was a parable to basically tell us we look around you, man. Look around you, and you will know what time it is. Well, guess what? Okay, so then it goes on to say, then right after that, you know, knock, knock, you know, whack upside the head, you know, parable whack upside the head that says, hey, you should know what season it is. Then it says, because see, folks, there's so many of our brothers and sisters out there that are looking for other things right now. They're looking for a third Solomon's temple. They're looking for all kinds of stuff that is not going to happen before we leave. And it's a sad thing, but our prayer is very powerful. Always remember your brothers and sisters, not only those who listen to this program and are, you know, but also the people in the churches and things like that in all the different countries, okay? Because they all, Jesus loves them all. We pray for them all. All right, now, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that desolation is near. Then look. You know, and then it goes on, and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her get out. Okay, so the people that are, like, hanging out in Israel, get out of Israel. Let not those who are in the country enter her, okay, for for, um, for these are the days of vengeance. Now, when Jesus was reading the Isaiah scroll, he stopped right before the days of vengeance, didn't he? Didn't he? Yes, he did. The, then right here it says, these are the days of vengeance. Whoa, talk about fulfilling the Isaiah scroll prophecy, right? Well, there it is. It says right there, these are the days of vengeance. And then it says that all things which are written will be fulfilled. Now listen, verse 23, but woe to those who are pregnant and nursing and babies in those days. Okay, now let's move on. This is where it gets interesting. Did you, you heard what that man said. I hope that you did. I hope that you did. I may play it again. The scripture says next, it says, For there will be great distress in the land, in Israel, and wrath upon this people, the people of Israel. And they will fall by the edge of the sword, and they will be led away captive to all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. It sounds like a really bad outcome for Israel. Now, 
Do we know that that's exactly how it's going to go down? Absolutely not. Do, do we know that we are specifically right there, scripturally speaking? No, we don't. Does this look suspiciously like what's happening right now? It does. But here's the thing. Until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, what does that mean? Well, Chuck Misler, for what it's worth, and God bless his sweetheart, he's up there with Tom Horn hanging out and eating, probably munching on the hors d'oeuvres for the wedding supper of the Lamb, which I wish we were all at, which I was hanging out with Chuck Misler and Tom Horn right now, eating our, you know, munching out on the hors d'oeuvres. The cool thing about it is when you eat one of the hors d'oeuvres, another one just, you know, supernaturally appears right back on the silver tray, just, you know, Boom, there's another one. You can't eat them all gone. <laughs> they keep on reappearing. How cool is that? But anyway, um, anyway, what we, what we have to – it's hard to get this stuff, but you have – one of the things that's really important to understand is the Bible is broken into sections that are targeting certain groups. So you've got to understand that certain parts of it are talking to the bride, and certain parts of it are talking to the foolish virgins, and certain parts of it are talking to the people that are going, that are going to get cast into the Great Tribulation. You know, um, the people that have the, the seal of God on their foreheads that don't get stung by the, by, by the locusts, that, that's the part of the Tribulation saints. Heaven forbid, that is part of the grape uh, you know, harvest that happens in Revelation chapter 14. Um, you know, it's... If, when you know who all the players are in the Bible, when you know where, where all the phases are, okay, so Luke 21 is talking to the bride, well, and, you know, the, the Olivet Discourse is essentially talking to us, okay, and, and to, uh, but, but here's the thing. It, it only seems to go up, as best as I can tell, it only seems to go up to right at the, at, at the, at the, at the uh, point of the, of the day of the Lord. Okay, it goes right up into the point of the day of the Lord, and then it stops. It doesn't go into the period of wrath. It doesn't go into the Great Tribulation. Okay, it stops there. Okay, so when you look at the Olivet Discourse, wherever it is you're reading about it, it seems to be, at least as best as I can tell, uh, it seems to be bringing you right up to the point, point of the day of the Lord and the wrath of God which is in Revelation 6:17, the great tribulation brings you right up to it, but it doesn't go any further. Okay? So does that mean that other things don't happen to Israel later or after the fact? Absolutely, yes, it does. Okay, there's all tons and tons and tons and tons of things that happen with Israel later. This is simply talking about right now. If, and that's a big gigantic if, if this is relevant, this scripture is relevant to where we are today. Okay? Big if. Giant 40-point flashing red aerial bald if. We'll see. We have to wait and see. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor thing. You heard what he said. Now I'm going to play it again. Underestimated Russian resolve and military power. Washington should not repeat this mistake by underestimating the potential for a regional Muslim alliance that could threaten Israel's existence. The possibility that Israel could end up like Ukraine should not be discounted. Exactly. And so let's welcome back to the program, retired Army Colonel, combat vet, former advisor to SecDef, and now the CEO of a new organization, Our Country, Our Choice, our good friend, Colonel Doug McGregor. Doug, um, haven't seen you in a while. I know you've been throwing out your opinions on social media, and I have appreciated them. I think they have been level-headed, concise, and exactly what we should be doing. So why isn't the Biden regime talking ceasefire like we've been saying for 
months they should have been doing between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Dan, I think there's a huge problem inside the Beltway. It's not limited to President Biden. I think it's widespread, and that is too many people in Washington think it's really 1991, and Mm. it's not. The armed forces that existed in 1991 really don't exist anymore. We have very little depth. Uh, In baseball terms, we have a weak bench. We can't recruit for the United States Army. Uh, Frankly speaking, we're having trouble recruiting for everybody but the Air Force. And everybody else, frankly, is not getting the people that they want. So that's problem number one. We are not what we were militarily in 91. Number two, we're structured in theory to fight one major war and support one lesser contingency. The truth is we're not even structured for one major war. We've dismantled most of our capability to fight over the last 20 years through these pointless wars of occupation that did us no good. So what, what exactly should we be interested in doing? Well, historically, when presidents looked at the region and they looked at the potential for conflict, they were interested in two things. First of all, can we negotiate an end to the ongoing conflict mm-hmm. and still have an Israel that is robust and strong? And if we can't do that, well, then we're in a lot of trouble. Well, guess what? We're in a lot of trouble right now. The Israelis have mobilized a force that's larger than the United States Army. But they're facing a very different set of threats today, different technologies, different weapons. The region is not what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. The region is armed to the teeth. And everyone in the region is watching the film footage coming out of Gaza, showing children that have been wounded, children that are being dug out from the rubble, watching the refugee flow. No one in the region is going to sit still and watch the Israelis pulverize Gaza and drive the population out into the desert. It's not going to happen. So if it's not going to happen, we need to step up and stop it because it's our obligation to save Israel from itself. Mm. Right now, they are on the path to suicide in that region. The Turks will come into this war, and the Turkish armies are large and powerful. They can field two million men in a month. Whoa. We're not even talking about Iran. Iran has already stood up militias all over Iraq, Syria, and in southern Lebanon. Those militias are deadly. We're talking about Hezbollah has 100,000 men. Hezbollah has at least 130,000 rockets, of which 40 to 50,000 are very precise and extremely lethal. The damage they can do is damage that will take decades to repair. We don't want it. And what they've all said is if the Israelis refrain from invading Gaza, quote-unquote, to finish off Hamas, well, then they won't go to a war footing. We don't want a war, and we need to come to terms with the reality. Assigning the Israeli Defense Force the mission of cleaning out Gaza and finding all of the Hamas fighters is mission impossible. Dan, we couldn't do it very well. They can't do it either. It's best to negotiate an end to this thing, solve the problem. Military power is not the answer. Mm. All right. Praise God. I hope that that was um, meaningful to you because, okay, the Turks, 2 million, 
Come on. All right. So anyway, um, this is very noteworthy. Um, The observations of uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor are impressive, to say the least. And I think it really puts a sobering uh, spin, if you will, on – well, did my understanding. Okay, definitely put a very sobering – you know, he's right. We're not – we're talking about thousands – I don't remember what the exact numbers are, but I've heard reports that uh, Hezbollah has like something like five or 10,000 missiles. That, you know, all these years that have gone by that have been seemingly – you know, Hezbollah has been seemingly um, quiet, and there hasn't been any scuffles at the Lebanese border, the northern border of Israel. Um, they've been stocking up. They've always known, and of course Hezbollah is fully funded by Iran, and Iran, is, don't they have like some of the most wealthy people in the world there? We're not talking about – this is big time stuff here, okay? So um, anyway, we're going to go ahead and plow through the rest of the news because it's um, it's like an everlasting – God. it's just amazing. It just gets – Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and hammer our way through the news. Thank you, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this was uh, published by a – I gave it the subtitle, Hezbollah is Inside the Wire. Essentially, this is what this particular poster on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, but I'm just going to read this to you. Operation Burning Edge, okay, has reported that the Venezuelan ambassador to Iran has been rubber stamping Iranians with Venezuelan passports. Considering the thousands of Venezuelan, quote, men of fighting age who have come across the Darien Gap to make their way into the United States, it's a foregone conclusion that we have thousands of Hezbollah in the United States already. We know we have terror cells and, you know, and training going on in all 50 states. And then they go in and explain about the $6 billion and all that other stuff. But the point is well taken. So we should – I think it's reasonable. Don't even get me going on the activities that are planned to bring, um, you know, Palestinian refugees into the country as well. It's not that every single person – but, folks. Okay. So anyway, heads up. All right. Now, this is very, very important. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and um, I want to – I want to play a little bit of the – I don't know how to – I'm just going to – Go ahead and read it. All right, so listen, check this out. All right, so Sister Terry Hill sent this to me. Now, you know, you may feel led to write it down, or you may not. I want it to be part of my prayer life, okay? But Terry was Terry Hill was given a an impression, a strong uh, impression from the Lord of the cities that 
what the Lord was trying to impress upon her heart was that these, this list of cities that I'm about to give you are going to come under some pretty horrible stuff. Okay, All I can tell you is I've been tracking, for what it's worth, I've been tracking prophecies, dreams, and visions. And many of those, by the way, I'd have to go digging for them, quite frankly, because I've got over a 1,000 pages of them. But talk, they, visions and dreams and prophecies that talk about nuclear bombs going off, kind of like in the TV series Jericho, okay, where in Jericho I think there were 22 cities, and they were all nuked from the ground. Okay, it wasn't missiles. It was from the ground, sort of like in the movie, some of all fears, which I consider to be extremely prophetic, just like the TV series Jericho is now. So Sister Terry gave this list to me again, and I think what we're going to do is include it in our prayers on the prayer vigil. Uh, and also, you may want to write them down, too, to pray for the people of these cities. Um, it doesn't – so here's the thing. You don't want to, like, pray away the Bible. You don't want to, like, pray away God's judgments. That's – I know there are people that do that. They try really hard. They just want to pray the entire book of Revelation away. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know some of them very well because they're afraid, and they don't want to experience it. They just want to lay down and go to sleep and die and be with Jesus, and they don't want to deal with it. They just don't want to. So they try to pray away the Holy Bible. I don't, I don't, I strongly, strongly recommend that you do not take that approach. It's not going to do you any good. You're praying amiss, and God, you know, we, the Bible is very clear. Isaiah 26, verse 9b says, When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. If it wasn't for the bad things that are going to be happening, really super-duper – there's already bad things happening, but it's going to get a lot worse. And when it get, the more worse it gets, the more people that are going to give their lives to Jesus. Look at it this way. If it wasn't for the judgments that are coming upon the earth, millions and millions more would burn in hell forever. Okay, embrace that. Now, so what we're not what we're not really doing is we're not saying, dear Heavenly Father, do not allow the Book of Revelation. To, dear Heavenly Father, please do not allow your judgments to come. Dear Heavenly Father, please don't let this happen. Please don't let that happen. That's no. All things will be fulfilled. You want God's will to be done, and you know what God's will is because after all, it's in what the Bible. I mean, you know, people will joke around about doom scrolling, you know, getting up in the morning and scrolling through Twitter and, you know, they call it doom scrolling. That's the nickname they've given it. Well, guess what? You want to know what one of the best books in the world is for doom scrolling? It's called the Holy Bible. All right. So anyway, here's your list. Washington, D.C., New York City, Miami, Chicago, Los Angeles. Philadelphia, San Diego, San Francisco, Boston, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Denver, Houston, Dallas, and Phoenix. Okay? Now, the ones that I heard were – it was a shorter list, but I would – I would embrace this list. 
I would definitely embrace this list. And you can rewind it if you're listening to an MP3. If you're listening to a podcast, you can rewind it, play it again, write down the list, and pray for the saints. Pray for the people in the church. Pray for the believers and pray for the lost that live in those those cities. Uh, you know, and and call down the holy fire of God. Call down uh, heaven's resources, heaven's angels into their dreams and visions, just like it says in Job thirty three fourteen and fifteen. God speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not in a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men, okay, that's when God comes upon people. I've I've seen it, and anyway highly recommend that you consider doing this because we're getting really close to these things going down. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. The Thad and the Patriot missile systems are being sent into the Middle East right now. The United States is sending additional air defense systems to the Middle East, according to the Pentagon. And that includes the Terminal High Altitude Area Defense, or Thad, missile systems, which is the newer one uh, other than the Patriot. And um, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. Just going to make mention of it. They're sending them over. Why do you suppose they're doing all these things? Because they already know what's going to happen. You're going to see that unfold as we go through the news more. All right, next one up. Devil Comet. I injected this one because I didn't want it to be at the very end of the news. Devil Comet, and by the way, when they look at this comet in, in, a, uh, in a telescope, it actually does look like a devil. It's got like two little horns on it. It's called 12P Ponds Brooks, but 12P is the nickname. And get this. It's going to fly close to the Earth on April 21st of 2024. Hmm. So the Devil Comet, 30 kilometers. Here's the thing. It's my personal prediction that this is not going to be the six-seal comet. They, there's too much that has to happen yet. So I personally predict that this will buzz right past the Earth, and it'll just be another warning shot over the bow. All right? Amen. Praise God. We just got too much stuff scripturally lined up that, that has to come to pass. I mean, unless all Dickens breaks loose between now and then, I don't know how it could. But, you know, we live in some really strange times, so I guess anything is possible. But anyway, my personal thoughts are that, you know, we're, it, it's, we need a little bit more time to squeeze, you know, the Bible into the days that we are living in right now. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Not to mention that this thing is so big. They're saying it's three times bigger than Mount Everest. Folks, that's not the meteor that hits off the coast of Puerto Rico and causes the great earthquake and the, and the earth to, to rock to and fro like a drunkard, Isaiah 24. No, 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 no. Can't be. It, that one has a little bitty one. Little bitty. Little bitty. If it was as big as Mount Everest, it would just crack the earth in half like a graham cracker. Okay, so anyway, there's all kinds of data here that strongly indicates that, you know, from even from the most mildest of common sense, it's not the one. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Air attacks increase around or I'm sorry, against Gaza as Israel prepares for a ground invasion. Now, without getting into all the blah, 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 and the conflicting news reports, not to mention that virtually everything that's making it to our ears nowadays is laced with at least some percentage of lies, and it's exceedingly difficult to be able to ferret out what is the truth from the lies. Okay, everything's biased, everything's lying, everything's... Ugh. Uh, so, but anyway, um, here's the thing. 
What I have, I'm just going to share with you verbally. Okay, so what I have heard is that because of the hostages that are in, in Gaza right now, they are holding off on the ground invasion. Okay? The question is how long they can pull that off for. Nobody knows. We don't know. You know, again, and the other thing is there's a lot of heat. The, the whole Hezbollah thing, the Lebanon border, it's really heating up. Really, we're, we're going to talk about that in a second. So, but right now, so it appears that the hostage situation is what is holding back the ground invasion. Now, how long that's going to last? Nobody knows. One thing that Israel is world famous for is, and believe me, they are. They really are. But you've got to sort of know people and be at the right place at the right time to know these kinds of things about how Israel operates. But I can tell you that during the whole Stuxnet thing, they were naughty. They were very naughty, naughty. Okay? There was a cooperative effort between the CIA, the NSA, MI6, uh, some of the, you know, there were development teams, uh, you know, that were working together with the Mossad to put together the so-called Stuxnet, which is not what it was called. It was called Olympic Games. That was the actual real name of it. Okay? Israel took it upon themselves to take that Olympic Games virus and release it on their own. All the other uh, spy agencies were really pissed off. I mean, bad. Okay, but Israel was like, no, y'all are just, you know, taking too long. We can't wait any longer. So they went ahead and did. they just grabbed the virus and they went and did their own thing outside. So there, it was supposed to have been a highly coordinated, cooperative uh, cyber operation against the Fordow uh, centrifuges. It was supposed to have been highly cooperative. It, every, everybody was supposed to be working together. But Israel said, no, y'all are taking too long. Sorry. And they grabbed the virus and they put it on uh, USB sticks and they tossed them all around. They gave them to the uh, cleaning crew, actually. And the cleaning crew went in. They, you know, recruited some people that way. And, uh, yeah, that's how they did. So they are known very well for being naughty. Okay. They'll tell you that they're going to cooperate and they're going to do this and they're going to wait with you and they're going to shake your hand and all that other stuff. But when it comes right down to it, they're going to make their own decision. They're going to do it when they want to. So we got to be on guard as far as, you know, when it says things like, oh, well, they're not going to do the ground invasion until, you know, the hostage situation is. Folks, take it with a grain of salt. That's all I'm just here to tell you. Take all this stuff with a grain of salt. It's an it's literally one hour at a time. Watch what's going on. I'll hook you up with some sources that you can do it if you want to. We all got and for those of us who have to work, we gotta work. All right, and then we'll find out about it later. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Iran warns things could get out of control if Israel genocide in Gaza continues. So Iran is coming forward and saying, look out, this is bad. We are going to, you know, we're warning, you know, foreign minister hosts, I can't say this guy's name, so I'm not even going to try. But they're coming forward and they're publicly stating to the world that warning, Israel, we have you in our sight. I have a video it looks to me like video evidence of somebody driving down the road in Iran filming the missiles, the long-range missiles, uh, on the back of flatbed trucks going down the road. Now, the person who did the filming claims that they were going, they, they were setting them up. 
for an attack against Israel. So they're proactively getting ready to attack Israel. All right. So anyway, is that true? I don't know. Could it be false information? Absolutely, it could be. I, you know, again, the whole world is flooded with false information. We just don't know. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Israel vows to attack Iran if Hezbollah enters the war. Israel vows, is the headline, Israel vows to cut off the head of the snake and launch a military attack directly against Iran if Hezbollah joins the war with Hamas. Um, hey, folks, keep listening to the news. This, this line's already been crossed, by the way. So keep watching. All right, next headline up. United States, United Kingdom, Germany tell citizens to leave Lebanon as regional tensions rise. Leave where? Lebanon. Where, what, what's in Lebanon? Hezbollah. Who backs Hezbollah? Iran. What have, what have, what have the shape-shifting reptilians that run the United States and the Pentagon and the Satanists and the blood and all this creepy, weird Stuff that runs Babylon the Great. What have they been saying now for what? 15 years? Iran. Iran. John Bolton, how many times has he said he wanted to level Iran? Graham. Uh, Cheney. The list goes on and on. The, the number of lawmakers in the United States that have been wanting to level Iran for over 15 years and been publicly coming right out and saying, we got to level Iran, bomb, bomb, bomb. I remember back, oh my goodness gracious, it was back in the 80s under, under Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if you all remember this, but he used to have a little audio bite, a little audio bite back in the 80s, and, he, and it was like, this is how it goes. It was, bomb, 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 Iran. Bomb, 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 Iran. This was back in the 80s. Okay. Watch out, folks. All right. Now, for those of you who use Telegram, all right, Middle East Spectator. Okay. So what you would do is it's um, you would uh, go in and search for Middle East Spectator. It's middle underscore east underscore spectator. This is a Muslim person, but... Uh, if you really want blow by blow, minute after minute data, okay, for example, just to give you an idea, <clears throat> you're never going to get this from the news, by the way. All right, so just over the last couple of days, 24 Hezbollah troops have been killed, okay? Um, and also there have been 40 IDF soldier deaths that have happened, 12 Merkavas destroyed, um, two ABCs destroyed, one Humvee destroyed, and 20 radar and surveillance sites have been destroyed. By who? Hezbollah. This is 40 IDF soldiers dead. From where? Who's doing it? Hezbollah. All right, are you focusing in on this? What was the headline I just read? Huh? Yeah. Israel vows to cut the head of the snake. Launch a military attack against Iran if Hezbollah joins the war. Well, they just lost 24 soldiers in the last couple of days. What do you think that means? Are they going to wait? We don't know. Here's Heretz recap. So after I look at some of the information from this Middle East spectator person, okay, on Telegram, I have to round myself off because it's obviously biased. He's Muslim. It, 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 does it mean that he's intentionally going to give out false information? No, I don't think that's the case. But 
you got to round things off. So then I go over to uh, Heretz. One of the things I like about Heretz is Heretz, they don't especially like the right-wing uh, ideology in Israel very much. I, I'm not going to get into all that because it is so confusing. But anyway, um, from Heretz in, the, in their little blog, Blow by Blow, what's going on, it says, IDF holds major operations in the West Bank and continues to strike Gaza in preparation for the ground invasion. Zaka personnel provide evidence of war crimes against ha- Hamas after collecting bodies in the southern communities. IDF spokesperson, 212 hostages are known to be held in the Gaza Strip. Okay, so that's what's supposed to be holding up the ground invasion. Uh, according to an IDF spokesperson, deputy commander of the Hamas rocket unit killed in the Israeli strike happened overnight in Gaza. IDF strikes anti-tank unit on Lebanese border. Okay, so it talks about how IDF knocked out the anti-tank unit but it doesn't talk about the, 20, the 40 people that died in the IDF. See, are you seeing how I, I – this is what I do. I round off what I learn by looking at the Heretz blow-by-blow blow and comparing it to the Middle East spectator person on – because I want to see – I want to stay in touch as best as I can without too much uh, of a slant and misinformation getting involved. All right? Amen? Praise God. Next one up. Israel expresses sorrow over a tank that accidentally fired on an Egyptian post. There were people saying that up to nine people died in Egypt. However, that's been corrected, and now they're saying it's only been it was only seven people that were injured. So there weren't any deaths. Why in the world, how in the world, a tank accidentally fires? I don't know. Maybe the tank was just letting them have it, going boom, 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 you know, try, hammering away at the uh, – you know, that region of southern Gaza and accidentally, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's what they're claiming. And, of course, naturally, you, you know, you, if you listen to everybody's rendition, you know, they're, they're yeah, sure, sure. That can't. Nah, they did it on purpose. You know, this is the classic stuff. So anyway, um, it, it is rather annoying. I don't think we'll ever know the truth, folks. I really don't think we will. What we will know, what we're going to see some amazing things happen in a pretty short period of time. It surely looks like that. All right. And, and, and it's, you know, just remember you are a citizen of heaven and the earth. You are commanded to keep your mind stayed on things above. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people called out of the darkness and in his marvelous light. We have to, we have to live in that place, dwell in that secret place of the most high. Don't let yourself get emotionally sucked into all this stuff. Yes, you can have empathy. Let that empathy drive the love in your heart through Christ so that you pray for these people's souls. Amen? But don't get sucked into the emotional part of it and don't get tricked by the lies. All right, the next one up, because you'll never know. Next one up, China deploys six warships uh, to the Middle East over fears Israel crisis could spark World War III. Now, I will let you know that while there is a number, a wide number of news outlets that are saying that this China deployment of ships just happened and it's all on account of what's going on right now, there are also some reports out there that say that these same Chinese ships have been there on an exercise since May. Try to sort that one out. Good luck. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. American troops being attacked increases. The United States Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin stated during interviews of this morning that he was, you know, he said there's a, he's basically saying with all the stuff that's going on, expect American 
assets to be attacked. Okay? Gee, it's interesting that he would say that because, as it turns out, the American uh, uh, An Al Assad base, A I N, however you pronounce that, An Al Assad base in western Iraq was targeted by rockets. Okay, so um, this report came out of Tehran. It says a security source confirmed on Thursday that the American uh, Al Assad uh, An Assad base in western Iraq came under attack from a yet undisclosed number of grad rockets. Well, if you dig a little bit deeper, you will discover that it's not just grad rockets, but it was also drones. As a matter of fact, they have some footage of the drones actually being launched in the attack. So how many people died during that event? I'm not exactly sure, uh, but these attacks have been happening almost or pretty much just about every single night now. So make no mistake, when they're talking about, well, American assets are going to be attacked, you know, and the, the risk of being an American. American surf no, no, no. What they're doing is they're not telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They're just priming the pumps. These attacks are already well underway. All right. Praise God. All right, next one up. Great Bart News reports. Paralysis. United Nations Secretary Council again fails to condemn Hamas slaughter. Now, look, so when you got Trudeau, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, who we know is as evil as Satan himself, when they are rooting on what's going on in the Middle East, when they are behind attacking Iran, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? And if it doesn't tell you, I feel bad for you. It's obvious. When Satan says, that's what I want to have happen, well, these entities and these agencies and the entities that run these agencies are as close to Satan as you can get. All right. That's that. All right. Next one up. More United States troops will be deployed to deal with, get this, Iran. The United States Secretary of Defense has announced an increase in the positioning of the United States forces in the Mediterranean re region in response to recent escalations by Iran. Wow. So they're deploying a whole bunch and bunch of 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 more. American assets, troops, ships, and everything else are on their way over there for one reason and one reason only. Iran. Okay. All right. Next one up. New York City Palestinian protests are absolutely out of control. They're fighting with the police. The numbers are. It's, it's, listen to these. Uh, th this is some audio from people that are uh, protesting in Israel. Hold on just a second. Let me see if I can bring this up. What you can't see is the crowd. <laughs> I wish you could. It's it's an innumerable company of Israelites, and evidently they are none too pleased with Netanyahu's what he's doing. We'll just leave it at that. And they're calling for his resignation, amongst a whole bunch of other things. The situation over in Israel is on the verge of a civil war massive civil war internally. So again, I'm not, you know, that that I'm not getting into that. All right, listen to this. This is happening in London. Okay, listen to this crowd. 
This is amazing. There, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. I've never seen. It's like crazy. It's as far as the eye can see. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are there, but it's huge. Okay, so next one up. Brussels has Palestinian protests. And instead of just playing the audio for each one of them, which are very similar, as you might imagine, Brussels is having Palestinian protests. I'm sure that you know all the neighboring countries around uh, Israel are continuing to have theirs. They burned down the embassy in Bahrain. Okay, so the Israeli, they just firebombed it, firebombed it, threw Molotov cocktails over the wall and just burned the dang thing. I mean, you can I saw the video. I'm actually looking at it right now. All right, now, this just in. State Department issues a worldwide travel advisory to United States citizens. So there you go. Um, another. Oh, listen to this. Putin is now traveling with the nuclear suitcases. So Putin was spotted in China. I saw the footage. I zoomed in on it. I looked at it. And sure enough, that's exactly what it is. So now when he goes over to meet with Xi Jinping or whoever he's hanging out with, guess what? The nuclear suitcases are gone right there with him. Mm-hmm. Another headline, Russia will pay the price for supporting Gaza, according to now. Who's that? Ah, this is Israeli lawmaker Amir Weltman threatening Putin directly by saying that Russia will pay the price for supporting Gaza. Hmm. Hmm. Well. Hmm. I don't know what to say about that. Fortunately, I don't have to say anything. Right, next one up. North Korea threatening nukes. North Korea's chilling warning. Preemptive use of nuclear weapons against the United States in response to undisguised military provocation. All right, so again, uh, direct. We're going to nuke you. We're, we're getting ready. We're getting our nukes ready. We're warming them up. All right, another headline right here. Same Subject, the United States Ronald Reagan, another aircraft carrier, has been sent over to North Korea. It's actually parked in uh, South Korea at this time. And I know where it's at because my ship was there, too. Quite an interesting visit. All right. Um, also, I'm just going to let you know that um, people are complaining, uh, very, very hyper-concerned over credit card machines being down uh all over one well, now this one lady she's they're saying that it's across the whole country but this one lady was talking about Essex of course you know the claim by conspiracy nuts like me and other people is that oh no this is the beginning of you know central bank digital currencies cashless societies and all that maybe they're running a test you know that kind of thing or maybe it was just a denial service attack for right now I don't know. I kind of think Glenn Beck's right about that kind of stuff, and we're just going to wake up one day and go, whoops, nothing works. What's wrong? Or it could be a big cyber attack that takes out the power grid, and we're, you know, we have no power, and then when the power finally does come back up, it's like, rah, rah. Hopefully we won't be here for that. All right. Uh, Canada proposes a bill for universal income. So one of their legislators in Canada is very happy that she has sponsored a bill. I forget what the name of the bill is, but um, it's, you know, SB3 something, whatever. But um, it's for universal income. Yeah. You know, kind of like 
make everybody make the same amount of money kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all happening. It's you know, And while there's all this stuff going on over in Israel, do you think that the global reset is slowing down? 50-minute city slowing down? Central bank digital currency slowing down? Huh? You think? I don't think so. No. If anything, it'll probably speed up. Financial crisis continues. The financial crisis is already here, they say. The United States banks are closing hundreds of branches and laying off thousands of workers. So it continues. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's bring on Reverend Tracy Shellman. Praise God. Here we go. Praise God. Reverend Chelman, are you there? Hi, John. Good evening. Hey. Hello, everyone. Hi. Flighting oh, <clears throat> times to what live in. Glad to have oh, my joining God. us. I know, oh, right? It's kind of insane, isn't it? Whew. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's more lot. than I think. So let's put it this way. When I, when I, the morning that the Hamas thing started happening, I noticed it at about 5.15 a.m. that morning. And I immediately, no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I might have my timing dorked up. No, I do. I do have my timing dorked up. I can't remember. But anyway, I, I don't even, the thing is, I had no idea it was going to explode to this magnitude. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, yes, it went ba- God bad. Yes, it was way more horrible than we could have imagined. And it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. It's horrible everywhere, no matter what. It's horrible. It's absolutely unthinkably horrible. And then to consider what could happen, what they're planning on happening, what they're, they seem to be wanting to happen, it's wow. It's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. The microphone is and, yours. And- <laughs> yeah, well, um, thank you. And um, I was just looking over some of the things that the Lord had given me to share last time I was on, um, which was pre-second phase of, you know, pre-just uh, another phase of World War Three. We didn't know um, how things would uh, – what, what would be going on there. And I was um, – and I was looking at some of the things, and, um, and and the overarching theme of that was remember those who are in prison, pray for the persecuted church. And it went on from, from there, but who knew that um, we would be having to remember, think about, pray, not just for people that are literally captive from from multiple nations, not just America and Israel and Britain, but Brussels and Germany, and I think uh, Thailand. There's one, and there's some others. Um, but um, it wasn't. You know, I have been asking for salvations to come from from what these people are having to go through, and um, the last the last prayer. Um, or forgive me, the last scripture um, that that we talked about, or that we that I gave for us to pray from these scriptures, um, 
the last one was um, Ephesians six nineteen twenty, and I do want to open up with prayer, but I want to read this because this was the last thing that we kind of kind of talked about, and um, and I want to revisit it, <clears throat> and um, you know, aim it towards. I mean, I have been asking for the Lord to visit them that are in caves and tunnels. Um, I mean, it worked for Paul and Silas. There's, you know, the Lord is no, the, the, the angel of the Lord is no stranger to dungeons and jails, and, and he is no stranger to converting jailers. Um, he is no stranger to, the, to um, this type of evangelism, and he puts his own hands to it. He doesn't send anyone in for that job. He does it himself. I have been asking for conversions of um, those that are, are, are holding these captive. You know, the world calls them Palestines, um, but um, the Greek word for that word Palestine came from, it means land of the Philistines. So while everyone's chomping and splitting hairs over what's a Hamas and what's a Palestine and the innocent, you know, unless any of these Philistines are born again, or unless they have accepted Yeshua, or they call him Isa, that's how the Arabs speak, say his name, Isa, you know, uh, you know, they might not be carrying guns, but any, well, A, the Palestines in, in Gaza voted in. They rejected the Fatah party, which was more political and less religious, and, and, and they chose Hamas, who is very religious and less political, and um and uh and and we have to remember that any true muslim anyone that's true to the quran they have to hate israel they have to desire for the for the for the death and the annihilation and the genocide of the jews and to get them out they believe that they're there illegally they believe that that's their country their land they believe that all that it's been a lie that that it was um that it was Ishmael who was spared on Mount Moriah, not Isaac, that Ishmael is the promise. And it, it's just, it goes a lot deeper than this and uh, than, than what people, deeper than what the average person is looking at. And these people are Philistines. We want to pray for their conversion, for their redemption, for their, for, for their uh, salvation. But it's such a hairy thing and uh, that it is just God's business. And, um, uh, and, and I mean, it, it's tremble worthy. You you have to think. I, I, I was reading in Ezekiel, uh, in, in Ezekiel eight and nine earlier. And I, I may share some of it because of a prophetic word the Lord gave me and um, yesterday, and it reminded me of something in Ezekiel eight. And then I just went on into nine, and you know, it, it when when the Lord but so upset, angry, and with a shout, we see in 9-3, kind of glory off the cherubim where it always was. And he left the house, and he said, and he said, left some orders to these angels, and he said to one who was a scribe, you go and you mark the forehead of everyone who is sighing and grieving and lamenting over the condition of my house because he had just told Ezekiel, I want you to look, oh, son of man, what these people are doing. And we could talk about Christianity here or, or churchianity, but 
what these people are doing that are driving me from my house. And then at 9, he goes, and he says, lay them waste. And, he, and it says that those angels, for everyone that did not have the seal of the Lord, the remnant, that's a rem, this, is a, this is a remnant dividing little situation we have in Ezekiel 9. You know, those that are grievous and lamenting, not having another conference, not, you know, putting out another book or, or, or tape series. These are, this, there are a people who are lamenting and grieving and sighing in tongues and fasting over what they see going on in his house. Mark those and the rest of them. And who was it? Men women, children. So we might not have the stomach for when the Lord deals with nations that he doesn't just deal with gender, certain genders and certain age groups and certain political um, bents and, and, and party affiliations or, or military training. But we have it on good authority all throughout the scriptures that when, when, when he deals with the people, he deals with the people, men, women, and children. I mean, he told when, Told Joshua, I mean, forgive me. Uh, well, he told him also with AI and others, but uh, when, when Samuel, when God told Samuel, tell Saul, you go deal with the Melekites and don't leave a, not a one of them breathing, not even their animals. And, um, you know, and then of course we know that he let Agag live, and then, you know, and we have that spirit of Amalek, the spirit of the Amalekite that. In the earth, so, and I, I'm not saying all of that because I have a prescription or a preference or a boy, I wish they'll just go. You know, I, I may have my own views that, that I may keep to myself, but I'm not saying all of that um, because I'm pushing a certain, you know, answer to it all. I'm saying this because it is a big hairy deal and only God can sort it out in righteousness only he is righteous enough only he is right when he judges and it doesn't matter if what he's about to do is so grievous grievous and so gobsmacking and so 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 petrifying that it causes all of heaven to be silent for 30 minutes. When we speak again and another sound is uttered out of our mouth, it better sound something like, go ahead, Lord, do what you, do what you say is right because you are right when you judge. And we might not have the stomach for how he deals with the matter, but we know that he, he is good. And he is the judge of all the earth, and he always does right. And Abraham said, it shall not the judge of all the earth do right. And there were men, women, and children in Sodom and Gomorrah. And when he sent those two boys down there, stuff went down. There are people, I, I think I mentioned this recently in one of my broadcasts. There, there are whole, 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 whole group, there are, uh, what did you say? There are innumerable people. An innumerable, an innumerable amount of people that won't even serve God because they think he is so cruel to cause Lot to throw his daughter out to, so that, so that the, the, the servants, the, the angels of the, the angels from the Lord, the angel of the Lord stayed back with Abraham and ate and took meal and prophesied Isaac. But the angels from the Lord that were sent to protect them, 
he he threw his their daughters out to to to, to be ravaged and and save the servants of the Lord. People can't wrap their head around this good God. But as Job said, shall we not accept the goodness and the severity of God, the, the, that which is good and that which is terrible? And not that, you know, I don't think that the people that think God should do everything that looks good to us, they shouldn't be the loudest uh, voice in the room. And they that say, God, you know, lay all the evil way, which he's going to, but we shouldn't be the loudest voice in the room, or, or they shouldn't be. We should be the balance of that that says God is good all the time, benevolent to his very core. Everything about him is love, and he is great and terrible, all striking and this is a big, hairy deal, and we're not going to understand all the things that God allows to happen. Um, and we say that because it kind of buffers it, but we, that he's doing, right? We, call, we, we know that it was the death angel, right, that passed over Israel, but it said the Lord walked through Egypt. The death angel passed over over the Jews, over Israel in Egypt, and then another place that God walked through it. So in that moment, he was the death angel. He he allowed the death angel, but nothing does the devil even, it, it, he's not even allowed to do or able to do what he wants to do without God's permission. And if God permitted it, he's kind of doing it. So, I mean, he's sovereign. So it's a big, hairy deal indeed, and he's doing it. But I was thinking... How will he deal with the land of the Philistines? How will we, he deal with these Philistines and the army? See, the Philistines are Palestines. Every Palestinian in and outside of Israel, wherever they are, they are Philistines living somewhere, right? But I don't know how he'll deal with the land of the Philistines and, or the people of the Philistines or Philistines or the army of the Philistines, which happens to be Amos, Islam, all these others, but it's his, it's, he's the doer. He's the doer, and we just, we just stand and tremble. We just stand and tremble because um, it's a deep, indeed a big deal. But uh, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 9 and 10, uh, forgive me, 19 and 20 and I read it from the Amplified, and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation. I'm praying that for people that are there. I am praying that there are people that, um, you know, we, we know that the, the that most of the, uh, well, all of the rave-going Jews that were dancing in the Israeli, uh, Israelis, forgive me, the Israelis, um, they're not even orthodox. They were they were dancing and partying um, and being altered in their state of mind. They were doing kind of like a Burning Man for Israel, is kind of a thing. And um, and uh, they you know they did that on Simchat Torah, right, which is the eighth day following the seven days of Tabernacles, which is but separate. So you have seven of Tabernacles. The Lord born on tabernacles, first day, eight, uh, um, then seven days. And then on the eighth day, he was brought to the temple and circumcised. And Simchat Torah is um, the joy of the Torah. And um, it's like, it's like 
Shemini Atzeret or Hatzeret. It 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 means um, the beginning of the 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 closing of the old and the beginning of the new. The joy of the Torah, and for um, rabbinical, which is not religious or not biblical, but rabbinically instituted. Um, it's when um, that eighth day is when they lead the, read the last Torah reading and close the scrolls for the last Torah reading and then reopen them and kiss them and bring them out of the ark and everyone right, makes aliyah by coming and kissing and doing because they're everywhere. They haven't made little aliyah, but that's their aliyah, and they, they call it going up, making aliyah to the scrolls. And, um, and they begin the first reading again. So the last and the first is right there on that, on that day, on the eighth, eighth day. Kind of like the seventh day, seven thousand, you know, six thousand years, seven, uh, seven, then the last thousand, seven, the seventh thousand millennial reign, and then we go into eternity after that, after that seventh day, into eighth day, a day with no end. So there's a lot of ends and beginnings on eight. Um, it's not just about new beginnings because for something to begin anew, it's got to into an old. So Jesus was brought into the temple to be uh, named to be uh, circumcised, and he was met by a prophet, we know, in the prophet, Anna, in, uh, the, the prophet, the prophetess. And, um, and, he, and the word of God was declared first by someone that wasn't married, Joseph, or an angel, of who he was. So it was like the ending of Torah, the ending of the law, because the word had just come into the, into the temple. It's a, it was a very prophetic, it's a very special time, very prophetic time. And while he was losing a little bit of blood at his circumcision, they're spilling a lot of blood on that day. And, um, and so there's a lot of Jews that, are, that were taken captive that are not even Orthodox, much less. And then how, who else is taken captive? What do they know? Are they backsliders? Are they, or they won't ever say that they heard the gospel, but are they atheists? Are they, who knows? But I'm telling you, I have been praying for these people, for God to do something and uh, to get glory. I know that he will get glory, but that um, words will be given in the mouths of, of, of people or someone to proclaim boldly the mystery and the good news of salvation. They're calling out on Yeshua. They're, they're calling out on, you, on Yeshua is my prayer, for which I am an ambassador of change, right? They might not be ambassadors. Hopefully they walk in one way and leave another, but they're definitely in chains against their will. And pray that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. But if it comes down to it and they say, convert to Islam, declare that Allah is God, that God has no, I mean, on the Al-Asask mosque right there, the golden dome, I've stood right there at the wall, and there is writing in Arabic, and it says, um, Allah is God, and he has no son. It's right there. So he may want people to renounce Christ those that, and, and, and say, uh, uh, say that Allah is God, um, uh, declare that Muhammad is his only prophet. Who knows? Convert or die. There may be people that are faced with that. We know that there have been many faced with that, many martyrs, and we will be faced with that. Likely, a lot of people on, in, this, in this America will be faced with a converted or die situation. Renounce Christ or die. Um, it's not un, it's not unlikely because of a part of something that the Lord told me last night. I'm going to sh- share that, but you know, I pray that they're courageous. I pray that they will that they will if 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 they are being harmed, tortured, or or any of them have been or will be killed, 
that they that they don't go to Sheol, that they that they that they have found Christ in their last moments. It's it's a big hairy it's a big hairy situation that only God can sort out. A lot of intricates and hairy. What are hairy situations? A lot of intricate little details. We can't number hairs. He numbers hairs. And when something is super hairy, we it, it's just too much for us to to deal with. So but only He can deal with it. You know, I was I read something a Lutheran pastor um, wrote recently um and i copied and pasted pasted it last week it says any church that does not remember in prayer our persecuted brethren is no church at all so um i think on that note and on in the in the heart of ephesians 6 19 um and 20 let's pray Oh, God, help us. Help us to be faithful in this. Help us, Lord, to pray from the bowels of mercy like we would if it were our kinfolk, our loved one. Sometimes we pray and ominous, ominous, they'll be all right. We don't really feel it. We have a hard time feeling things. That's what, that's what, that's what this, uh, this, this gospel of churchianity, this weird message that has infiltrated has numbed and dumbed people to the point that they really can't feel anything they've not they don't know what hunger feels like they don't know what pain feels like because if they got a pain there's a pill for it they go and get it they don't go and lay on the altar until the till you take the pain away they go to the physician and get a pill to take it away they don't know how to be hungry they don't know how to be in pain not that we have to take those vows of uh, uh, we or, or 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 go into some type of ditch, but in general, we have a hard time in this country praying like it were us there. We have a hard time feeling the 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 gut riching like we are so desperate for you to move that we might even vomit because we're sick. With with pressure and sick with with worry and sick with uh, perse- uh, with 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 with, uh, with pressure um, because it's our child, our our spouse, our loved one, our mom, our dad. God help us to pray from the bowels of mercy and those that there would be a a converted. There are there are. Palestinian in name or as a or as a national name, they are converted. There is a small little church, a remnant uh, hidden. There is there there are some there that have converted, as secret as they are. I do not know, but I pray that they are filtering in pages of Bible Bibles and smuggling them in. We pray that they get Bibles. We pray, Lord God, that they that they are able uh, to um, to to have. Um, Humanitarian, their needs met, God. That that um, that the that the um, perversion um, does not violate them. Um, that the spirits of perversion, lust, and pornea does not violate women and children um, uh, bodily. God, I, I, we pray, Lord God, for the for yes, their 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 well-being bodily. And physically, and and in the, and anything that re, that pertains to their natural their their human tent, 
but God, we pray for their salvation. We pray for their peace of mind. We pray for their for them to have soundness of mind. We pray for their for them to not lose hope. We pray for their courage. We pray, Lord God, that they would be bold, Lord God, even unto death, that they would that they would overcome these demonic these demons in skin suits by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and that they would not love their lives unto death. We pray this, God. Forgive us for not praying or uh, weeping between the porch and the altar. Some do. Few do, but some do. I know my brother, and I say this, not to boast in him. God, you know me. You know, hear my heart right now. I have felt your love and pleasure towards your son, John, because he prays from the bowels of mercy. I know it. And not everyone is praying that way. Not everyone is denying self, denying sleep, denying food, denying time in order to lay on their face or on their knees or in a chair and pray for people that they don't know. They'd find their chair if it was their own. God help us find our chair. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. So um, I want to I want to share something. I know it's late, and John, if you could just tell me, um, I'll make it work. I just don't know what time I have. It's eight fifty-two, and I have part two, but I also have a word that I need to. Um, it's a very short word. What, what am I looking at with time? You have an hour and eight minutes. Praise God. Okay, I can work with that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to 10 p.m. ET, so you're good. Okay, all right, all right. All right, so um, a couple of things. Um, It was a progressive word. Before I get to the word, the Lord just dropped some little little things in my spirit, just busy about my day and doing other things. But that... um, to uh, pay attention, beware, uh, like, like be advised. It was like that tone. Be advised. This is a calm before the storm for the nation's dress for war. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know who and what order. But just you might want to write that down or lock it into your vault. You may already know it. Let it be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The Lord says that the nations are dressing for war, and um, some may come out, you know, with both barrels blazing. The, you know, the uncivilized are the usually the ones that are coming out with, the, you know, the Hamases and the Hezbollahs and the jihadis and the, you know, all of these. They're coming out of the caves and uh, and up through the holes and out of the rocks to just like little Tasmanian devils just to wreck as much as they and hurt, harm, and, 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 and wound and kill as much as they can. Others are a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit more strategic. Maybe we'll call that smarter, maybe. Um, they're very shrewd um, because at the end of the day, um, these that we've seen of late and these different groups, they might be like um, – you know they are the sacrificial lambs of the devil because he is Lucifer, the the Antichrist is quite sophisticated and he's dignified and shrewd and he's his 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 calm 
is much more evil than all of these running around biting the Israeli flag and eating it. I don't know if any of you saw that video um, on the uh, on the Lebanon, uh, no, not Lebanon, Jordan, um, on the Jordan-Israeli border. People just, I mean, they literally look like Tasmanian devils, and they're just with their teeth tearing and eating the, the, an Israeli flag. They might be the sacrificial lambs, you know, um, but what the Antichrist is doing is in high places and um, it's um, black tie and invitation, black tie and invitation only, and there are bigger and badder um, demons in skin suits um, that, that are running our governments um, in the major nations that he's dealing with, but dealing, dealing through. But the, but this this and it might you say well this is this calm there's missiles this is calm uh, I wouldn't have said it but the Lord did say um, uh, maybe people think that it's calm because Israel or or would say well it's calm because Israel isn't going in or I don't know how all of that will play play out I do know that um, anyway the calm that's the Lord I won't go any further with that. The Lord said, calm before the storm. Be advised. This is a calm before the storm for the nation's dress for war. That's one thing that he dropped in my spirit. And I journaled it. I wanted to share with you. Also, um, driving down the road, um, I was uh, praying. Um, it was, um, I was I was praying for the people that were taken captive. You know, it's hard. Thank God. Thank God for the news, even though they're they're replaying the same things, the same things, the same things over. Um, but at least it's putting it before our eyes, you know, the way women and, and grannies and children and, and men in tanks and, and how they're, you know, dragged off or whatnot. And it's keeping it before us. Maybe it'll just, you know, soak the fires of, of prayer, soak the fires on the altar for prayer, um, you know, Maybe people will think that way about when the, you know, when the two witnesses uh, are. Maybe you'll get tired of seeing them on the TV as well. But thank God for the satellites and TV because we can see some things. But I was praying and um, and I heard this. Just as they have tunnels there, so tunnels under America have been dug by people of the goat nations in government. So I um, in your government. So I just I know this is also maybe preaching to the choir again, just another establishment because we can perceive things and kind of people with the Holy Spirit can see things very you know even though we see and prophesy through a glass see through a glass dimly prophesy in part know in part um, we still see something and it does not it is not lost to us that um, we have I mean. I'm not. I'm not saying this because I'm a. a, a I don't. I'm, I'm not political, and um, I don't vote. So you can string me up for that. But I have to put myself out there in full disclosure, so anyone, so no one will think that I am of a, of of, of a particular party. I am a. Um, I I am a kingdom conservative, as conservative that 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 is, and that is really more conservative in their own way than any party we have here. Um, you know, I'm, I, I think that we ought to not resist evil men, and if our armies go to war, uh, okay, let God sort that out, but we're not supposed to shoot our way into heaven and kill people, 
kill any kill people on our way to trying to you know. Anyway, I'm very conservative, but I'm kingdom conservative, and I don't side with a party. Um, although I agree with one much more than the uh, than another, but I will say that um, that um, I'm not. So I'm not pushing a, a Trump thing, but I'm what I'm saying is. We have an ex-president who has been brought up on all types of charges from espionage to treason, you know, all the things. And yet we have Congress people. We have the, the, the they call them the squad, but they they are the Talib. They're they're the Muslims and 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 the liberal and the ultra liberals, which I think are convo- converted, um, in, have converted to Islam. Um, but they are screaming against our, their in their own party against our our sitting president, and um, they are screaming things from pulpits out in the open with great followings that are more treasonous. And they sit in our office while they scream at the top of their lungs, proving what enemies of this country they are, and they definitely are enemies of Israel. But that might not matter. You might, we might be so, you know, we're we're so, you know, God, heaven's not a democracy. That's number one, and um, so, but we might be so democracy minded that we might think it's okay for someone to be that vile against Israel and that sympathetic um, for the Philistines. Well, okay. We will, we'll, we have constitutional things that protect that. But these people are absolutely treasonous, and they are riotous, and they are, they are causing insurrections and uprisings and uh, civil unrest. We're not with you, Mr. President. We're, they're, they're, we're, you know, and they are really a problem. Well, that's out in the open. Everyone has seen it. Those are a few women, a few loudmouth women. But what the Lord is saying is that not only in our America, but also in our government, not just in the land, throughout our states, in the country, that there that there are multiple people from the goat nations. We'll call them sleeper cells. I I don't my thing is but I the way I feel it in my spirit when I'm describing it because I'm not very military but I have heard sleep, the word sleeper cell I know what that is but I think that people are so demonized and it's from whatever's coming from you know whatever they shower down from the earth from the skies over the years and and, and jabs this and jabs that and just all kinds of different things. I, I think that these people are are like they are a switch flipping away. I don't know what movie I saw. I don't remember it. I was young, but like when someone has a tr- a word and it's almost like they become a, from a good person to a bad soldier or something. I don't remember what that that was, but it was like a flip got a flip would get switched, and all of a sudden he was a destroyer. It, it, that's what I. That's how I feel about numer, innumerable amount of people from the goat nations in this country, and they might not have tunnels under the dirt 
but they have made tunnels into our communities, into our government. They are in they they, they are in every aspect. I think about, I mean, you want to talk about seven seven mountains. They are ruling those mountains. I don't know. I'm not going to get on the soapbox of the um, New Apostolic Reformation or the Kingdom Now or the Seven Mountain Mandate and all of that damnable deception that just got so many people deceived and 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 that they are not not even deceived they are just they're wrong they are so wrong they are in such error which it's it, so it's not like we're right you're wrong it's like the error the error is so deadly because it it has altered the world view and even the kingdom view and they're not expecting the right thing they're out of joint and it's gotten people so legit out of joint so it, it's bad and and it's like the it's probably the doctrine of the Nicolaitans of our day. Um, it's bad. But um, so, but the Lord says tunnels under America. So we are invaded. <laughs> we we have a problem. That if that if there is ever a a clarion call, a trumpet sound, the flip of a switch, a a, 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 a mass text out on WhatsApp, I don't know what the trigger, the switch looks like. All I know, in a moment, there is not a place in this country that cannot be horribly devastated by all of the people in it that despise us. So that's a thing. So please please stay in prayer about that. Tunnels under America dug by people of the goat nations. So that's a, that's something that the that the Lord thinks is important enough to to bring up or to just and 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 so maybe maybe I will this just came, you know I, maybe I'll go to him for more about that um because if it's a you know not metaphor but kind of like a parallel you know um but in our government beloved we 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 have a problem we have we have a lot of dangerous people in our government, and um, I don't even I can I don't even know I I mean maybe I just don't have a really great imagination I just don't even know how possibly um, November uh, 2024 is going to go off in a in a in a in any go off period or I, I I don't know it's it's something else what's happening so then. Um, so I got this word, um, but well, that goes more into back into the church. This word for the church, I want to share with you um, just something really quick, just to close out kind of the government or us as a nation, and, and then I'll get to to us as the the body of Christ. Um, so right before um, in December of 2019. Um, um in December so going right before right before twenty twenty, it was in December. Well in in January of twenty nineteen I got a word about three trimesters travail. Um and and that happened on uh, in January. I think on maybe January one I got that word. 
um, which I, it may, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going on memory again. It was 2019. I think it was a Tuesday, and counting 40 Tuesdays forward or 40 weeks from there, I should say, um, was Tabernacle. So that was a 40 weeks of gestation, and then travail, um, which would have put. Um, what was going on or about to hit our country uh, disease uh, uh, pandemic wide was already released in the fall of um, 2019. But I got that word and it's a, it's a lengthier word and I'm not going into it, but he did speak about three, three trimesters and then travail. Um, that was in January of 19 and it was, there was more and it was an intense word and I can't even, I can't and now looking and then when I got into 2020, looking backwards, it was just like, wow. Well, anyway, this is now fast forwarding to December, twenty uh, December two thousand nineteen. Still, still before we knew really anything, I got this from the Lord. It was very short. Judgment is coming to the house of God. Judgment has begun in my house. The Lord said, "My people do not fear me." Rationalization of sin, compromise of holiness. And private interpretation of my word. He listed three things in in bullet point. Rationalize, rationalization of sin, compromise of holiness, and private interpretation of my word. These have produced, these three, these have produced a lack of fear. Where there is no fear, there is foolishness, says the Lord. Many do foolishly in my sight. My people do not fear me, for they think I am altogether like them. There has been an evolution of familiarity in that people have made the living God exceedingly common and his word ordinary. The unwise virgins have presumed upon the Lord. Very short, December, 9, uh, uh, December 2019. Then, of course, stuff goes down. On September 3rd, 2020, that was one month and one day from the election. When all of the prophets were saying Trump, 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 Trump. And I released a dream that I got and got some backlash and got some I was wrong, then, you know, because everyone buys into all of the, um, the NAR prophets, all of the YouTube, all of the famous rock stars and all of that. And they were saying something different. So, of course, this didn't go very far in, in people's estimation, and I did release it over and over again. I, re- I got this on September 3rd. I released it. Um, I released it. Um, the dream was in the middle of the night, which was technically September 3rd, and I released it immediately when I woke up that day. Well, I woke up and wrote it down before my feet hit the ground. Um, but um, I, had, I, I, I dreamt that Joe Biden was elected president, so I was – in my dream, I was sleeping, and I saw myself sleeping. And then I saw I saw myself sleeping with the TV on. And um, then I sat up in the bed, and on the TV it was announcing that Joe Biden was the 40, is he 45 or 46, whatever president, that he was president. He had won. And in my dream – I I could feel great terror. Terror gripped me. Um, that announcement meant that any moment, like immediately, something very bad was about to happen. Immediately, not progressively, but immediately, um, a fear, a terror, a, a black terror, gripped me. 
the moment those re- those results were announced for and I'm going on into my journal for immediately after they announced a visible tangible black very black I don't know I can't call it a cloud but it did move moving over everything not a cloud but I'll say like another sky a blanket so like, and, and, and it's written like this because I was sleepy. I had just woken up, and I just was trying to get down on paper what, I, what had just happened in my dream. I'll say like another sky, a blanket, like one utterly black atmosphere filled completely the skies as we know it. Also, I heard the message, and it was very loud in my dream, very bassy, I, I, to this day, um, don't know if it was the Lord or an angel, um, but I, a message resounded, no safety, very loud. And so when I heard that, I, I hear that as I see not, this, not, the cloud, not a cloud move in, a whole nother atmosphere. That means like a whole nother realm, a whole nother planet, a whole nother everything. This isn't a dark version of something else. This is a replacement. This is something that has taken over. That's what that blackness was. And um, when I heard that, I thought to myself in the dream, this is it. It's really here. Every, I said this to, in the dream. Everything I've warned, the dreams, the vision. The prophecies, they are all manifesting at once. I was wrong, but that's what the fear was, that's what I was saying in my dream. I heard the message and I say back, this is happening. I'm telling him, it's it's really here then. You know, everything, that's how much terror, that's how very real, because for that blackness to come over, it certainly must change everything in every way. But it was a spiritual blackness or darkness or a new and would and would unfold. I guess I'm saying that now because time has passed and and things that we've seen. And but in the time, I thought I was so scared and and the and the sky was replaced. And I thought this and and then I heard no safety. And I'm like, this is it. It's about to go down. I thought, you know, whatever. Um, all the things. And and so. I'll go back to my journal. So I said, they are all manifesting at once. So while in the dream, they did not manifest literally all at once. It was as if I then knew, then my mindset changed, and I knew they were coming imminently one right after another. And when I say dreams and visions and mornings and prophecies, I'm talking about, if I'm just scanning over the, 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 um, the, the best of in, in, in my repertoire, although there's been many little different prophecies, but major global prophecies, oh, um, planes with Asian writing dropping bombs, um, a, a horrible tsunami um, where in, in my dream years ago I had, that, I had a dream about that, and my children and me and my children were trying to get safe, and, um, and my husband at the time was not with me. Another dream my son had of of an end time of my my son Morgan had a time of an end time uh, had a dream of an end time event, and his dad was not with us. Well, his 
he's not, he, you know, um, after 20 years, uh, the marriage is no more. But I'm just, but in the dream in the tsunami, we were rushing, and uh, I was on my own trying to get to high ground, trying to keep my, my kids with me. But tsunamis, um, um, uh, civil war, I, I, I had a dream so very real of a little a civil war um, in, in our country. So those are just some of, that's just, those are just some greatest hits, right? Things, and, and some of you have had dreams and had visions and heard prophecies about those things. But I, I knew that they were coming imminently, one right after another. And, um, and then the same voice that said no safety, then I heard a sec- that voice a second time, and he just bellowed suddenly. And when um, before I woke up, um, I, I knew, and so I wrote, this was a direct result of Joe Biden winning the election. So that was a major shift. And there was, this was a result of him winning the election. And I look back to that, and that was, um, let me look at the date again, September 30th, uh, ah, September 3, 2020. And I think of um, why is that? Because um, of decisions that, will, that have been made will be taking us into those things, have taken us and will continue to take us into them. Um, I didn't know that then. Um, but so – I mean, we are these these, and and now for the Lord to say, there's 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 tunnels, there's tunnels in your government. They have, they have like moles. They they, you know, like moles. What is it called? Ferreted. They have ferreted. I mean, they're they're ferreting their way into every aspect of this nation, and it is a big deal. Um, so amen. I will close all the prophetic portion of this and get into the second part. Um, and as much as I can cover of it, I'll move very fast. But this prophecy yesterday is what caused me to get into Ezekiel eight, and and then and then just be go on into nine, because it reminded me about the Lord saying, "Look what my people are doing that are driving me from my house." And, um, and of course, judgment has come to the house of the Lord. Yes, the, I mean, the lack of the fear of God, because people, have, as the Lord says, people have rationalized sin. They are compromising in their holiness. They interpret the word of God of what it means to them. Private interpretation of the word of God. They have twisted the word in order to fit. Their, you know, they have, you know, they have, they have messed with with doctrine in order to um, accommodate their own. Desires and 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 life, um, even the prophets are prophesying presumptuously. Um, people, it's just that ju- that word judgment is coming to my house is very now. It was very now when the when we didn't know that a pandemic was hitting everything and the churches were shuddering. But I feel like it's more now and going forward. But anyway, so. This is what I heard last night. My Holy Spirit leaves the house. The men still prophesy. While the voice of the Lord is being heard in unconventional places. 
I am weary, says the Lord, of what I see. A memorized tongue, a habitual dance, and a honed craft that sedates my people. And as I'm hearing this, I saw a man in a suit and his legs were spread like he was stepping towards a people in his body. There was a Bible in his hand. He had it way up in a pre- like it, so I knew he was preaching. And um, I'm glad that the, the Lord showed me that because when I was writing a honed craft, he was showing me that he means the craft of preaching, the craft of churching, the craft of, yeah, a preaching. So he says, I'm weary of what I see, a memorized tongue. What is that? People speaking in tongues that aren't tongues. They've been speaking tongues so long, and they maybe have left their first love or gone lukewarm or whatever. They still can, I don't know. A memorized tongue, a habitual dance. We praise the way it's saying, what do we do? We jump up and down. Do we twirl? Do we dance? I don't know, but, but that's what he says. A memorized tongue, a habitual dance, and a honed craft that sedates my people. Go into your chamber, all you who speak in my name, and get a true word. For I long for my people to hear from me. They have heard from you long enough. Come sit with me, shepherds. Trade your robes of prosperity for garments with tassels of repentance. Then I will put a word in your mouth that will minister true salvation from Sheol and deliverance from the miseries of Gehenna. And um, that's a period right now. And I really was impressed with the Holy Spirit that there's more to come. Um, um, so when I saved it in Word, I put developing Word. That's I had to save it to something and uh, with a title of something, save as, and so just developing Word. So all of that being said about the world and about the Middle East and about the nations and about and about our government, about and now uh, about something very close to the Lord's heart, which is the church, um, the true church, which is his body, is much, is just a remnant of the church at large. And um, we, you know, Johnny, I, I heard you say whenever you were saying, well, you know, Pastor Tracy's coming on with a motivational, I thought, motivational, I thought, okay, okay. Well, I do want to motivate people, um, you know, um I'm not much of a live your best life motivational speaker like we would think a motivational speaker is. I'm actually quite the opposite. But if a motivational speaker is just one who motivates with what they're saying, I, I guess I want to really be that. Because um, if if I'm just what where, where is the word uh, when the Lord says that those with a honed craft sedate his people? I don't want to be a sedator. I want to be a motivator. I don't want to lull or rock or, you know, or make some suckers. I, I just, um, I, I do want to motivate people to, to prepare themselves, to, to, to prepare themselves and to look up and to trim their wicks and, you know, look at where we are, where are we sitting, what are we sitting under, who are we listening to, what's going in our ear gate, what's, what's, what's forming and molding. Um, our lives. How? What are we doing when we leave the church house, um, or you know the the place of you know the houses of, of worship, the houses of faith? 
Because when we leave the church, we're still the church. The true church is the church. We are not buildings with steeples. We are the body of Messiah. So I want to take um, – so I'll, I'll put a pin in that for now. Um, so part two of um, – part two of what was it? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the title was. Uh, but I want to read to you um, – Let's see if we can read. Uh, let's read Ephesians 2.13. Um, but now at this very moment in Christ Jesus, you who once were so very far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I am so thankful for the blood of Christ. When I hear this Lutheran pastor say any church is not remembering prayer or persecuted brethren is no church at all, I think if we could really understand that it is by the blood that we are connected and we are one, just like blood connects our members, blood connects the body of Christ. That's why we pray that they have access to Bibles. That's what we pray, like like in um, Ephesians 6.19, that they would have courage. We are the body of Christ, and we are connected to each other by the blood of Christ. And we're also connected to each other in other, with other, by other, in other ways, by the things, the word of God. The, the word has to connect us. In fact, we're members of his body, and his body housed the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. I like to say it like this. I remember the Old Testament scripture that the Lord says, you know, um, that the Lord has exalted his word above his own name and in other manuscripts it'll say that he's exalted exalted above all his word and his name and and then other translations into english say his word above his name either way i say um uh yahweh jehovah uh he, he loved his own word you know uh swore by his own word um uh, stands on his own word so much that he gave it a body to walk around in and named it Jesus, and I'm grateful for that. So, by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, yes, we. What's the Scripture say? No, oh no, we owe no man but to to love him and but to know no man but by the Spirit of God, and we're also connected by His sufferings. Um, we're not only connected to each other in times of persecution. What do they? What 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 happened? In the um, at, right after um, uh, Stephen, um, then what they came for um, James, the the brother of John, first disciple martyred, and then they were going to come for Peter because um, Herod had such a you know such a great response, um, and um, the Lord wasn't having it. He ended up losing his entrails on the ground in front of everyone, um, angry at the death you know, of, of James, I'm sure. And, and because he said not, because he took the accolades of the people that said when he was speaking and and being very boastful, they said, Oh, these are not the, not the words of a man, but of a God. And he, you know, he, you know, he touched the glory in that way, but the Lord had enough of him. Um, but we see in the first century church, the first, the first decade church, the first year church, and we see all throughout church history that one thing that will cause the church to grow most is persecution. We tend to bind together. 
um, and, and those times, and we get closer to the Lord. We should um, get closer to the Lord. We never want to be in fear of persecution to the point that we deny him or that we uh, choose not to suffer or that we compromise. Many will take the mark of the beast because they don't want to suffer. So, But we're connected to each other. We're connected to the Lord. Um, through through sufferings along with what? The blood, the word, and the spirit. Um, I want to read to you a little something that I think we're all reading a lot. I know I hear it a lot, but this is part two of the other message, and this has been sitting in here, locked in the vault. I didn't add it today. I mean, it's, this is what the Lord gave me for last week and I, or last show, and I didn't get to it, so I just... Put a little indention of where I take off, and here we go. First Peter 4, 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is, meaning, the original language means to test the quality of your faith. So it's not to test you like the Lord's trying me, right, or the Lord's trying to, he's tempting me, trying to see what I'm going to do. No, he's, because everything we do, we do by our faith. He tests our faith, and wherever our faith is, our body's going to follow, right? Our choices follow our faith. Small faith, lame choices. Great faith, great choices, right? So these fiery ordeals come to test the quality of our faith. That means our, our faith is qualified. Not everybody's got the same quality of faith, and that's something. As... Don't 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 be surprised at these things as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, keep on rejoicing, so that when His glory, when His, his splendor, right, when His glory is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. So when His glory, filled with His radiance and His Splendor when he is revealed, when we see him coming in the clouds, we're going to be able to be joyful because we know we're counted in that number. We are the first fruits harvest. We are the winnowed ones. I was in um, the field, a field right outside of Gideon Springs. Uh, we went there specifically to. I wanted to literally go drink water, right? So I want to be counted in that little number, right? So one of the many places I have been to in Israel, that was one of them. And it happened to be right before Passover. And um, that would be, you know, barley harvest. And so I, I still have the barley that I that I gleaned there. I gleaned some corners because they had just knocked it down. But there was still much on the ground. And I gleaned some corners. And, and I still have it to this day on my table of remembrance for our ministry. And, um, and I... I I remember that, um, you know, barley is the first fruit harvest. It's very small, nothing compared to all the wheat that's going to be coming. And you can even see back in, back in the Old Testament when, when the measurements, it's like it's like double, like it's going to be, uh, you know, one ephah, then you count the omer, omer and then you're going to, right, so one omer per day, and you count the omer, and then you have the Feast of Weeks, or uh, we say Pentecost, but it's the, the, the great harvest, right, um, the wheat harvest. But um, but wheat that is, I mean, forgive me, wheat that matures early, that can be blown off the stalk is and winnowed, blown. It's 
sensitive to the ruach, the breath, the wind. It can be taken off the stalk with the wind. The wheat doesn't; it stays on the stalk for another for another uh, forty nine days, and is then harvested on fiftieth day, pinta. And um, so, but that has to be threshed because it's been on the stalk; it stayed on the stalk so long that it it's a little bit dug more in there, right? It's beset. Right, it's got it's invested in the stalk, so it's got to be threshed on the threshing floor, and we know thr- you know bundled up and beat and hit and shit, right. So there's going to be some 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 yeah some real tribulation that comes to get the wheat off the stalk, but it's the spirit, it's the breath, it's the wind that gets the barley off the stalk, which is just the matured early, the ripe ones, the ones that were ripe when no one else was ripe. That's that's who we that's who we are, and um, and uh, uh, we we we're looking for him, right? We we're, we're going to be when that wind comes in an ecstasy to twist us up and bring us up. It doesn't matter the the suffering that we've had to endure. We're going to see him with joy. We're going to be we're going to be rejoicing at his glorious radiant splendor hallelujah and nothing that we have had to endure or will have to endure will compare to that going forward 14 if you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of christ you are blessed you are happy with life joy and comfort in god's salvation regardless of your circumstances because the spirit of the of glory, the spirit of glory, hallelujah, the spirit of glory and of God is resting on you and indwelling in you. He whom they curse, you glorify. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal in response to persecution. Do you hear it? Huh. Isn't that interesting? You mean if we're being persecuted, if we're going through, and persecution doesn't always, it's not always holy war. Like, you're like, okay, so I'll go to the guillotine, but I'm going to blow someone away if they break into my house. Come on, y'all. Trials, tribulations, persecutions, whatever it is, whatever we have to go through, we're going through for Christ. And it doesn't matter what the reason of the pain and suffering is, we are being persecuted by him who makes war on the saints. He's persecuting us. He's the accuser of the brethren. So I don't care if it's somebody trying to be and e at your house or it's the grim reaper at the guillotine. We are told right here in 15, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer. That means that if we murder in response to persecution, we're going to suffer. They that live by the sword die by the sword. They that live by the gun die by the gun. Put your sword away, Peter. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal in response to persecution or as a troublesome meddler interfering in the affairs of others. But if anyone suffers ill treatment as a Christian because of his belief, because of his belief, sometimes there's the way we even respond well, all the time. Anything we do should be because of our beliefs. Everything we should, be, everything we are, is is a display of our faith. Out of our faith, we move. In Him, we move and live and have our being. Everything is about our faith. Everything is about what we believe. Because I tell you, 
None of them would have been burned and uh, uh, crucified upside down um, uh, if, if it weren't for what they believed what he said was true and what he promised and what was coming at the end of that. There's a lot of people that have gone through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering because of what they believe. I'm not talking about art doctrine. I'm talking about what they believe he said about all who suffer with him and all who love not, love not their lives unto death. He is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God because he is considered worthy to suffer in this name. I want to be worthy to suffer in this name. I think that goes, it's a good prayer to pray in, a, in conjunction with, may I be counted worthy. Pray that you're counted worthy to escape the things that are coming on the earth and also pray that you're worthy to suffer in his name. And I don't know for, you know, for it may come in different order. We may suffer, then, then escape. The things that come on the earth, or we may go. I don't know what order that comes, but I know we won't escape everything, because to suffer with Him is to reign with Him. Isn't that glorious? But we pray that we escape the wrath that is coming on the earth to test and to try the inhabitants who live therein. We are commanded to carry the gospel of peace, commanded to share the gospel, which is the revelation of the Son of God. We are going to be at least rejected, at the most persecuted, and at the very worst martyred. So pick one, any one, or D, all of the above. (laughs) But how are those who can't hardly stand to be rejected at the Thanksgiving table because their doctrine differences, difference, or their politics differences, or they, they, a lot of people can't even stand to be rejected by coworkers. How are they going to be persecuted, and how are they going to be willing to not love their life when it comes to life or death? Many may say, "Oh no, I can't go through any suffering, so I just not, I'm just not going to speak." I'll just be a quiet Christian and stay to myself, and I would say to them, no, beloved, there is no such thing, no such creature. Well, how do you know? I know this, that we who have been made alive in Christ are new creatures, and, and, the, and the creatures that God has, has created, that's not them. That's, he didn't create that, just the one that stays to themselves and says nothing because they they go along to get along because they can't go through anything. That's not the new create creature, the new creation in Christ Jesus. In verse ten of of of, of Psalm one sixteen, David says, "I believed, therefore I spoke," and this was quoted by Paul. And he took that and likened David's near death experience of the to the to New Testament believers and carriers of the gospel who were constantly near dying because of persecution. I might have touched on that um, last week, but I want to read it again just because of everything that's happened and everything that is going to continue to happen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. 
Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had, who wrote in the scripture, I believe, therefore I spoke. He's speaking of David. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and will present us along with you in his presence. For all things, for all these things are for your sake, so that as God's remarkable and undeserved grace undeserved grace reaches to more and more people that it may increase thanksgiving and the glory of our great God. So if we're going to say we're going to be silent, um, well, that that goes against um, not just uh, go and make disciples or go tell the world, go to, no, that absolutely just kicks this in the teeth and, and we can't kick the word of God in the teeth. We speak. So that for the sake of the lost, God's remarkable, undeserved grace reaches more and more people. We have to be willing to be carriers of that. We all have gifts and abilities, special abilities that are given to us to further God's will and purposes. Why? Because this pleases the Father. I want to look, um, write this down, but I do want to look at, um, yeah, Colossians 1. Listen at this, uh, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about it, we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, with insight into his purpose, and an understanding of spiritual things, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity, in order to fully please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing in the knowledge of God with deeper faith, clearer insight, and fervent love of his precepts. We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might to attain every kind of endurance, patience, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints, God's people, in the light. So no, there is no such thing as I can't suffer. I so I'm just not going to speak. I'll just be a quiet Christian and go to church and stay to myself. People are being martyred for sharing the gospel, and they're willing to die. They are willingly dying. They have and will again, and some of us also will willingly die with joy. Isn't that wonderful? We've got to pray. As we're praying for others, we might need strength one day. While we're waiting to be counted worthy to escape the things coming on the earth, we may need, to, we may need supernatural strength to endure something we didn't see coming. I promise you that's a good seed to sow because whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you, if you don't think that people who did not see coming on October 7th don't need to have prayers for strength and courage and faith, you sow that seed so that you can... Be at peace and know in my hour when I need to be courageous, brave, and steadfast, and unmoving, and strengthened. 
I can ask the Lord. And he'll say, well done. You were faithful to pray for those. Here. I'll give you your portion. 2136, Luke 2136 says, but keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready, praying that you may have the strength hmm, and the ability to be found worthy and to escape all the things that are going to take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. This makes a direct correlation um, between having the strength and the ability to endure with being standing in being you know, standing and remaining in the presence of God of the Son of Man. Oh, we've got to keep alert, be attentive, be ready, pray. One thing we won't be able to escape for sure. And that is the truth because it's written, it's a law, that it is with much tribulation that we must enter the kingdom and that if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. I love those two scriptures. Acts 14:22, Strengthening and establishing the hearts of the disciples, they encouraged them to remain firm in the faith, saying to them, it is through many tribulations and hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. That was a message. That message that it is through many tribulations and hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. That was their way of encouraging them as well. And telling them that was equated with strengthening and establishing the hearts of the disciples, encouraging them to remain firm in the faith. You don't encourage people to remain firm in the faith with God is love. God is love. We've already established that. Or that all things work together for the good. We've, we know that. But when things that rock us to our core, that would cause our neighbor to grab their heart, that will stop because of fear, it is more encouraging to remind disciples, you want to go to the kingdom of God, remember this. It is through many tribulations and hardships that will get that will enter therein. That is encouraging. Second Timothy two eleven and twelve. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying. If we died with him, right, spiritually, right, at the cross, crucified with Christ, we will also not 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 a mortal death. If we died with him in by being crucified with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Oh, and if we deny him, he will also deny us. Why is that put there? Same reason that we read, what, in Colossians, or what what was that? Uh, that no, it wasn't Colossians. It might have been in Ephesians, but... Um, be careful. No, I'm sorry. It was second. It was Second Peter. Uh, be yeah. Uh, be yeah. Second Peter. Uh, uh, be careful that that you don't suffer as a murderer or a thief or any type of lawbreaker in response to your in, in, in response to persecution. Right. So that's why that's there. 
because people will respond in a very wrong way to persecutions and hardships and trials and tribulations. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll live with him. If we endure to the end, going through, if we endure to the end, stay strong in the faith, firm in the faith, we'll also reign with him. Oh, and remember, because while you're in all of that, there's going to be some stuff that happens. Don't deny him, because if you deny him, he'll deny you. Today's Christians have long lost a component that the persecuted church has apprehended in intimacy with God. I've revisited that scripture about those that have made God common. They think they, they think I am altogether like to him, he said in that prophecy. They have made the Lord common. They have presumed upon me. The lack of fear of God absolutely just sucks all the intimacy out of the relationship. So if the people of God are being attacked in, in one area, how will they be of any good to the world? How will we be workers in the harvest if we're trembling under our sheets, fighting, shooting, cutting people's ears off out of fear? We have to remember what the persecuted church had, why they could go through the things that they went through because of their intimacy with God. They were intimate with him. So when they were attacked, they were good. They were profitable servants. How are we going to be any good to the world? How are we going to be profitable? We're workers in the harvest. And yet we're scared. We're the righteous ones. We call for peace when storms are whipping and whirling around common folk, earthlings. We can say peace be still. We need to start walking, stepping out and walking on the water. Come what may. This is what it means to be. We are the righteousness of of God in Christ. We're in right standing with God in Christ. We are accepted and pleasing to God in Christ. And he knows how to protect his own. He says, I know, I know who are mine. And if we would put down, and people would say, well, well, I would say peace be still. If the Lord told me to come out of the boat, I would. I guess I said, bid me to come out come. The Lord sees our heart. And I'm using this metaphorically. If we're going to walk on the water of, you know, um, a mob, you know, or you know, say 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 something very volatile is happening. Can we stand up and say peace be still? And people that are bashing other people's windows out, and they're pushing and fighting and beating up, it, you know, like we've seen over in our country. If someone stood up and said, in the name of Jesus, peace be still, peace be still, I command you, or however it comes out. Can we do that? Or the Lord sees if that doesn't work, we'll just pick up one of the, I one of the, what do they call the things that people t- turn their tires with? Oh, anyway, big metal things that they get off. 
if it comes down to it, will you pick one and bash your assailant against the head? I, I, I have friends that, that have guns in their home. I wonder if the Lord said, throw every one of your weapons out of your house. Then when you say, peace be still, I'll listen. But, but God isn't hearing peace be still if, you know, if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll pull my gun out of my waistband and, I'll, and I, that, 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 there's my peace. There's my peace. I'll pull my peace out of my waistband. People would say, well, I spent so much time getting licensed or what is it, certified or whatever it is that you got to do, carry, got to be licensed or whatever. And, and I've spent so much time at the range. I've got a lot of money in this. No, I'm not throwing my guns away. Well, they will not have supernatural power to walk on the water of these storms that are coming. And when they say, peace be still, these devils might pick up a tire iron and say, so-and-so I know. So-and-so I know. But who are you? I want to hear, like, you know, God said about the Lord, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was accepted. And then judged as pleasing. I want to read. This, this, this. No, I'm going to skip that actually. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. So, uh, John 1. It's hard for me to pass up it to skip any scripture like, oh, that's not very important. I mean, it's like I, I choke on those words. Um, so, but, at, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, meaning to adhere to him, to trust in him, to rely on, on his name. That's not just believe, you know, believe, demons believe in, believe, demons believe, or, you know, I, I can spell Jesus. And, I, yeah, I know that, you know, he, he exists. No, adhere to him. I am stuck on Band-Aid because Band-Aid's stuck on me. Adhere to him. Trust in him. Rely on him. These who were, who were born, not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, which was a physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God, that is a divine supernatural birth. They are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. Hallelujah. That's where you, that's, that's where the, Rubber meets the road. The rubber of acceptance meets the road of of pleasure. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. That is some that that that's that's what we're going for. The sons of God are in right alignment with the Father because we are the righteousness of God through Christ. And First John four seventeen teaches us this. Bum, 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 bum. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Because as he is, so we are in this world. And when we make some decisions and how we're dealing with things and is, you know, WWJD, the sons of God are in right alignment with the Father because we're the righteousness of God through Christ. 
as he was, so we are in this world. This is the union. This is the fellowship. This is the oneness. This is the intimacy. Union and fellowship. Love is completed. It's perfected. We must surrender to zeal and strive. Strive, press, crave, seek, and learn to be like Jesus Christ. He is the only obedient one. And we have got to get zealous for the for the Lord. It's written, like the Holy One who called you, be holy, be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Because it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Holy is set apart. Righteousness is in right standing. Holiness is set apart, separated, consecrated. And there's no holiness without righteousness. We know that. You have these, we become born again. We're not, we, we, we become the right, we got to be the righteousness of God through Christ. That's our born again experience. There's no holiness without righteousness. Then what do we, then what do we do since the whole, since the whole seeing God hope, since the whole seeing God hope hinges on holiness, right? What is that? Hebrews uh, Hebrews 4.12, I should have written that down, but uh, pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which none will see the Lord. Our whole seeing him hinges, hinges on holiness, but there's no holiness without righteousness. And there's no being in right standing with God without being like Christ because he was the one that was in right standing. Righteous is who we are. Holy is what is is what we are becoming. We are being we are being sanctified. None of us have attained. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. Are perfect, but we are being perfected. We are righteous is who we are. Holy is who we are becoming. That's a present tense continuum, like we see in First Corinthians. Right for the it has that same grammar for the message of the, of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing and spiritually dead, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Who are being saved? How are we being saved? You mean we didn't say a little prayer, go uh huh uh uh uh, and sign the card, and now you're saved? And someone said I was saved, and he said I was saved, and if I would come back, I'd stay saved. No, you are. We are being saved because all who endure to the end are are. We shall be saved. So we're in the enduring part. We're in the being saved part. Righteous, we, righteous is who we are. Holy is what we're becoming. We are becoming holy. We are, we are being saved. We are maneuvering as heirs of salvation. Not yet have attained that. We have, we've not got that yet. Zechariah is one of the most messianic of all the Old Testament prophets, and he prophesied seconds. in. Oh, okay. I'll I will just skip that. I will skip that and I will say I hope you were motivated and encouraged. And read Zechariah. Get into Zechariah four. 
I love you all. Thank you for having me again. I hope that this work goes downward and bears fruit upward in Jesus' name. Wow. That was a pretty um, <laughs> pretty quick ending. <laughs> uh, praise God. Um, did you want to go ahead and close with a prayer for us tonight? We can, you know, if we bleed over past the ten, it's okay. It's not. It's not going to like blow up and, you know, or any of that. You know, just go. Ahead. But if you would close with a prayer for us Absolutely. tonight, please. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can't. Di- I didn't want to dig into Zechariah. That kind of shifts the gear, and that's something different. Just get in Zechariah, beloved. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you are giving us, you are circumcising our ears. We have to have an ear to hear in this hour. We have to have an eye to see. You're getting the scales off of our eyes. Give us newness of sight. We must see with clarity, not see what we want to see, but see what you are, what what you want us to see, what you see. Uh, trust us with that information, Lord. Um, I, I wish, I pray you could trust everyone. We want to know. Uh, have angels in the night hours whisper in our ear the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom so that we can um, uh, maneuver arightly, uh, maneuver aright, and then rightly teach and preach because we don't want to build earthly kingdoms with honed crafts and and rehearsed dances and and tongues, habitual tongues, or however the way you put that. God forbid, God forbid, we want to rightly herald your coming and and prepare your people for you have called us to prepare the bride call back the backslider fan the flame of the lukewarm the king is coming soon and very soon hallelujah amen and amen amen praise god Thank you, Tracy. Thank you uh, very much for uh, super powerful, highly motivation. And we covered a lot of territory, too. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely dur- living during a time that is like no other. And we're, we got to be on guard and drawn in closer, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, spending that extra time in prayer. And, and, and again, don't you know, don't be discouraged, you know, just remember the power of prayer. I could sit here for the next hour. I'm not going to, I'll pass out, fall asleep. But if I did, and I have shared them on the prayer vigil before, the multitude of testimonies of people that were taken to heaven that were shown that it wasn't, it wasn't that they were a pastor that they were rewarded. It wasn't that they did this, that, or the other thing while they were on the earth that they were rewarded. It was actually that our Father rewarded the little things and the way that they prayed. And the prayer, our prayers are so powerful, and we, we oftentimes resort to it as a last-ditch thing. And it really, we need to flip that around and recognize that that extra 30 minutes, that extra whatever time we spend on our knees is probably going to end up saving more souls than any 50 megaphones will. Okay, and we just don't recognize it, and it's uh, it's unfortunate, but we can flip it around. We got plenty of time. Flip it around. Make yourself a prayer warrior. Make yourself, you know, con- you know, embrace this opportunity that we have right now between now and our time of departure, which appears to be getting shorter and shorter, almost on yeah. a daily basis. You know what I mean? So right now is just a beautiful time to really immerse ourselves in that prayer, you know, 
anyway, uh, God bless you all. Thank you, Sister Tracy, for such a powerful message. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I'm looking at the clock. I know our live stream has already dropped. Um, uh, let's see, Sunday night. Okay, I'm trying to get my anchor here. <laughs> so we'll see you. Lord willing, we'll see you this uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And uh, Tracy, did you want to go ahead and real quick before we sign completely off, uh, share with people where they can get in touch with you and such like that? Oh, absolutely. You can email me at Pastor Tracy, P-A-S-T-O-R-T-R-A-C-I, Pastor Tracy, at Hotmail.com. And um, I always give my number because my phone is a ministry cell, my ministry phone. It's 904-487-6471. You can text, you can call um, if you need prayer, if you need counsel. Um, always feel free. I am I am an under shepherd to the whole body of Christ, not just my four and no more. And um, yeah. Oh, and also I'd like to say we go live on Facebook every Friday night at 7 p.m. It's called the Shabbat. Shal- it's a broadcast Shabbat Shalom in the home, and I teach live every Friday night at 7 p.m. And um, that's on my Facebook page and also on the Transformation Fellowship International page, which is my ministry. So if you search on Facebook, I'm also friends with John. So if you're friends with John, you can find me. But it's Tracy Prince Shellman. And um, just as my name is on on the, on, on, on the Tribulation Now uh, podcast, and find me, friend request me. But my page is also public, so you don't have to. You can just come on at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you. All right, and hey, no taking that number and plugging it into uh, any of those uh, advertisements on the Internet, okay? You're not allowed to do that, okay? So don't be doing that. You know, uh, yeah, I'm just joking. But anyway, God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. God bless you. Bye.
Glory. 